Right, Hello not, and broadcasting okay. Let's get from the beautiful okay. central coast of California. Night. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, way too long for the fucking talk about this movie. Yeah. Too fucking long. Like, damn it! I wish we could talk about it sooner, but it's just been lo- like the more time I've been letting it sit, the more I get. More pissed off. Yeah, you told me that. What we're gonna review today. It's like I'm, I'm like I can't wait to talk about. This. Oh, me too, bro. And I even listened to a podcast today, <laughs> just to rem- like give me a jock my memory, and it jocked my memory on every on like many small things I fucking disliked. And yes, listeners, welcome back to the Triple D Radio Show with your boys James and Edward. What's good, Edward? What do we got on the fucking show today? Okay, well, you see. I I've been waiting over a week to say this. Oh, holy welcome holy. welcome back everybody to my mom's favorite podcast. But it might not be her favorite podcast after today's episode. Yeah, parental advisory. We're gonna be talking about explicit sexual like freaking eighteen and up shit because that's our fucking main event related. Which what do we watch for the main event? <laughs> This film needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it anyway. We watched fucking Caligula. Yes, 1979's Caligula. Some people might know the movie. Some people might not. But there are timestamps if you want to jump straight forward. Because we have a variety show. What else is on the show today? We've got The Who's uh, second album called A Quick One. And also... uh, did good friend the good friend Simp Steel send us a hot or not this week? God fucking damn right he did. Okay, good. So we got we 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 can we can do our full show this week. Yes, we got a <laughs> well. It's not like last show wasn't a full show. I could rant about I could we made it pretty easy to rant about barbed wire. Did, did, yeah. Did he give a reason as to why? Was he just busy and yeah, was he, he was just bu- like fuck you? He was busy doing music video and photo uh promo shots for his upcoming single. Okay. That's why he was busy. You know what that tells me? That tells me he usually picks these out like less than twenty four hours before the show. Not even twenty four hours. Maybe like the minute I send a message <laughs> like literally I was like, hey, let me bring up the message. Okay. Great compelling radio. <laughs> but, why does I bring up the message? I wrote down, hey, I need a hot or not. He sends me a link. I wrote down, thanks, girl. And then he also <laughs> sends a voice memo, which I totally forgot about the voice memo. Okay. Which I was like, it's been a minute. Yeah. Sorry for anyone I've been, we've been holding off. I was busy on the weekend, mm-hmm. helping good friend Bone still do a music video. Yeah. And then also playing hooky on work on Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I well, went I went out of town with my mom, and I've just been busy, 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 biz, biz, biz. Although uh, that's fucking right, you yeah. were out of town like that week. Like the I was weekend out of town. Like, I was out of town a week before you in the same town. Yeah, and that weekend I watched fucking Caligula. Yeah, I've had to spend wait two weekends to talk about that goddamn <laughs> movie. There are timestamps if you want to jump forward because we got a full show today. Yeah. Now, anything you want to talk about? What's good in life? Um, well, I was about to get into you. Um, so we, we, I, I've, we've had some jokes about, um, about, uh, about my brothers on the show, probably specifically, uh, a, a good, a good. Watch nature. what you say. You make it sound like they listen to the show unless they've like Last checked out. Last time I saw Nick, he tells me he still, it, no, it got to the point to where, uh, it got to the point to where if I'm remembering this right, the last time I saw Nick, he told me that little Nick will like 
go up to his kid will go up to people and be like, my uncle does a podcast. <laughs> this is the kid I told you about, uh, the little the little sweet boy <laughs> whose favorite things in the world are like Minecraft, Naruto, and the big Chungus meme. Yeah, I remember the big Chungus one. There was a bit of a gap. I between- don't remember the Naruto or the like Minecraft, but you're not. Uh, you're painting a- the. You're painting a good picture. There was here. a good tennis year gap between little Nick and the kid that came before him, uh, my niece. So like you know, because uh, because uh, their first daughter is only like a few years younger than me. The the other my other niece is maybe close to ten, but little Nick is still is a child. So he's a very very modern kid. And the last time I saw them was at my grandpa's funeral. And dude, Lil Nick, I need to give a shout out to my favorite nephew, Lil Nick. That kid was that that kid was looking like a thug. Okay. He had like it wasn't a zoot suit, but they gave him a little suit with shoulder pads. And he's not he's not a chunky boy like me. He's kind of stocky, kind of like you. He, you wouldn't call him fat. He's not fat at all, but he's not chubby either. He's, 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 he's stocky. He's a stocky little And he lad. has a gold ass chain yeah. on his little like eight year old neck and like a white tank top underneath with nice shoes and pants. I'm like, dude, this guy looks like he's about to steal someone's girlfriend. <laughs> At a funeral. At a funeral. He was he was almost getting in fights with freaking uh Javi's Javi's kids that went and like cause and Lil Nick is he's like shorter. He's a shorter kid, but he's like really kind of trash talking. <laughs> please was, tell me you one, remember one of, some of the please tell the me. The one remember. I remember the most is when uh one of Javi's kids uh was starting beef with little Nick. And I forget what he says. I just know, I just know in one fluid motion, little Nick throws up his hand, turns away, and goes, okay, ma'am. He's talking to the other boy. Just goes, okay, ma'am. I'm just like, God damn, this kid's savage. Savage. <sighs> but little, anyway. Nick, little Nick's the best. <laughs> you convinced me he's so far the best. He's the he's my he's my favorite. And he's he goes favorite. around flexing that you have a podcast. <laughs> I have a podcast. Yeah. My my uncle, uncle has a podcast. And he's yeah, still a does little your kid. Uncle burn too much money on a podcast equipment. <laughs> Nah, <laughs> fuck you. Because my uncle, well, he doesn't either. But he shows up, and he's got like the he's got like the cliche like Mexican boy crew cut with the fade, where it's like like it starts here, it goes light, and then it gets it's sort of buzzed. But then he's got like the quaff up top. So yeah, the dude's t- the dude's like sophisticated. He's like he, he's he's sophisticated. He's a man's man. I love that kid. Yeah. But yeah, things have been kind of weird because not weird, but uh, now if he only had the Eddie Guerrero mullet, <laughs> he might be perfect. I I think the only person that ever had a mullet was my dad, and he said he only had that because it was it was kind of the thing. But he said I think he said he stopped rocking that after like eighty five. He was just like fuck this. But anyway, so. So with poor Johnny, uh, he's kind of had um, a lackluster.
lost your birthday because no one really hung out with hung out with hanged out with him on his birthday. But me and the folks were supposed to hang out with him last week. We were gonna wake up, go have lunch at um, go have lunch at Klondike's. Mm. It was gonna be nice. Klondike's Pizza, great local pizza place. Not a bad spot. Not a bad spot. Yeah, they got good arcade games. They got that one Konami it's game like, where you play it's as the like Cowboys. Literally, it's a great family like arcades. Like big they have free bi- peanuts you can throw on the ground. Like I would say, kind of a thicker crust. Well, yeah. maybe people think it's normal pizza. Usually, I'm more uh, used to the, like you know that fucking thin uh, New York <laughs> slice. Which some people say that's thin, but I'm like, dude, that's just like normal pizza to me. It's no, like- thin is like when you go to a. Have you ever been to like a winery? like that I'm um, that's like that borderline flatbread pizza that's what I think of when I think of thin pizza okay okay we got we, oh, we're on the same page here. yeah yeah we're yeah. on the I've same seen page people here. say round you remember what round table pizza looks like I've heard people say that's thin pizza that's not thin pizza that's not thin pizza <laughs> <laughs> that's not the pizza but yeah so we were gonna hang out with him last Saturday at Klondike's but Oops, oopsie fucking daisy, our power went out. And it's like, okay, and this has been a persistent problem for a bit. Power cuts out because we live in an old ass house. And and uh we can't completely we rewire the house like we want to. It doesn't it's not that expensive to do it. It's only about uh I think dad priced it out at about fifteen thousand dollars, you know, chump change. But uh we're gonna settle for having some electrician dudes come out and do the thing. The electrician dude gets there. Late morning, we're supposed to leave at like eleven thirty. He gets there like at ten ish, and he's like, "Okay, we see the problem. We know what it is." And Dad's like, "Hey, I know how to do it. Can I just do it?" And he's like, "Well, no. Since I came out here, this is now officially a whatever, whatever. So a PG and E guy has to come out and do this, and uh, and then you guys will be all set." And Dad's like, "Okay, cool. See, that's the thing. I was curious because like I don't know if the electricity, the electrical issue was a." Uh like, cause there's a point where, like, it, there's a point when PG PGE comes in, and anything before, like, like before, like, wherever goes into your house is a PGE problem. Mm-hmm. Now, what's after going into your house? That's a you guys problem. Yeah, I only know that because I heard my dad explain it to my mom, and he's like, "Yeah, so this is why and we like, gotta wait." For- it wasn't, from what I understand, it wasn't like literally. Oh, they just had to push a button. Oh, they just had to flip a switch. But it was a simple thing like that that my dad knew how to do. But the, he was told he can't because, again, now that he actually called the electrician, PG and he has to do it because, you know, liabilities and legalities, whatever, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so this was at like 10, 10 30. And the guy's like, okay, the guy should be out here. The guy, the guy should be out soon. And it's like, okay. Let me guess. He's not there till 3 30. He doesn't show up till like fucking five. That was my second guess. (laughs) My dad called three times. Well, that that would be my first. Honestly, five was like my first guess. But I'm like, no, that's a little too ridiculous. I'm going to say (laughs) three thirty. That would be a little bit realistic. But I know. I guess I was. I guess I was surreal realistic on the first one. I woke up at like at like nine ish when it was all happening. I went to sleep. The guy showed up, we got that thing, and I said, okay, I'm just going to nap for a little bit. We're probably going to be a little late to brother, but honestly, I already washed and cleaned up. I'll just do my hair again, and then and then we'll go. We'll be awesome. I'll let my my dad, my, my mom wake me up. And then I, I, I pass out again, and I'm like, oh, man, that's been a little bit. So I check my phone. It's like, what the fuck do you mean it's 3 o'clock? And then so I get out, talk to the parents, and mom's like, just shakes her head. 
And my dad's, I can just tell my dad is trying really hard not to just swear a lot. And yeah, he called them once, called them twice. And then at that point, you know, so we weren't able to meet Johnny and we felt really bad. But then we obviously we, you know, we had to go eat, but we couldn't cook nothing. So I'm like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll go down to Tognazini 2 Dockside. I'll get us something. Apparently the guys showed up like 10 minutes after I left, which would have made that about five or five thirty. And it's just like, you know, and my dad said, he said, oh, man, I'm going to write a negative review when the guy gets here. I'm going to guilt trip or or whatever. And I get home. And my dad just goes, he's on his. By the time I get home, he was so stressed out. He's on his second bottle of beer. And he's just like, oh, you know, that guy got here and like he was, you know how Santa Claus looks? And I'm like, what? He said, you know, old guy, white hair, real smiley, rosy cheeks. I'm like, you mean Chris Kringle looking? He said, yeah, Chris Kringle looking guy. I said, yeah. He said, that was the guy that came out and he was really nice and talkative and apologetic. And I just, I, I couldn't even take out my frustration on him. So he said he went online and left them a one star review and then just started drinking. (laughs) So that was, that was my Sunday. That was my day off. After working like four days in a row, which granted, I slept most of the day and then ate, so it was fine. But yeah. Other than that, though, I've been okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. I'll speed run my weekend doing another music video for uh, Good Fred Bode Steel. This is like your eighth one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Because again, I like literally the night prior, I had to go run and do like, I have to put a night in on Uber Eats orders. I'm a little too broke to make this trip. Yeah. But I made them enough money to make the trip, and I freaking was able to mob down there. All right, but the first day of video shoot was basically, was just kind of hanging out. We had to wait for a good friend Thomas to get off work, which then freaking we went to the video shoot, which was like, a hey, a band performing in a white room. <laughs> wow. Except Never put, seen that before. No, 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 no. Here's the kicker. He put balloons up. Oh, there's a sad, uh, not smiley oh. face on the back behind me with my own drum kit, which fucking sucked because, dude, when I when I stuff my shells with like clothes to dampen it, that shit becomes like heavier than I wanted to. <laughs> then he's already like has me going. Oh, yeah. Can he bring like like symbols to stack on the symbols so it can like freaking mute the sound like like basically make the sound quieter. And those are a heavy bitch, too. So Jesus. But either way, I was doing the video and I was just smashing sticks. Like, dude, I had to play the song like 10 fucking times. Well, you were his drummer in the music video? Yeah. Oh, my God. But also, like, they... Please tell me you were wearing your your, your, uh, discharge shirt. Nope. No, I was just wearing, like, a bright... My bright fucking, like... Whatever, my bright-ass friggin' windbreaker. Ah, that's good enough. Yeah. But, like, the... The quote-unquote plot of the video is... Main man, Bone Steel breaks up with girlfriend so now this is a lift up song it's like hey i'm gonna have friend i'm gonna go out with my friends which are these avatar characters because he has like these two stuffed dolls one's a unicorn and one's a dragon one's a what and a what one's a little unicorn stuffed doll and the other is a dragon stuffed doll but they come to life which is good friend thomas is the unicorn and i am the one in the bird mask but he didn't wish hard enough so it's like, sorry, no dragon for you. You get a bird. And then from there, shenanigans, shenanigans assume. 
All I know is he had me dick around on a skateboard. We did uh, one little scene where I picked up, like, like freaking Jake's just, like, doing, like, walking down, mouthing the lyrics, runs into the unicorn friend with a huge sign that says, I'm horny, ha, 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 because he has a horn. And then I roll up, pick them up, we bounce out. I'm trying to remember any other shenanigans. Me and the unicorn usually beefing. One, I, I was a bird, so he was eating a chicken wing. <laughs> And I roll up and I'm like, bro, why are you eating a chicken wing? That's offensive, bro. And I smacked the fucking bot. I smacked the freaking like container out of his hand. I didn't smack the wing because that'd be a waste of a good hawk wing. Yeah. And then next, I just fuck. I'm trying to remember other shenanigans stuff too. Because there's also one where we're just like looking basically... Just like us either dancing or looking hard either in a parking lot and I'm just standing on top of my car car just doing weird shit, even twerking at some point because fuck it. <laughs> it's just like, hey, let's be wacky wild dudes. Oh my fucking God. And then there was like one thing. It was like, oh yeah, hey, let's have you guys on a freaking green screen. I can make it seem like there's a video game of you guys fighting each other <laughs> and then like vice versa. We can freaking film like a shot like that because we're fighting over a cookie. There's like the la there's like a bag of cookies and it's like, hey, no, that's my bag. No, that's my bag. And then there's like performance shots, solo of him, some with the us as a full band. I don't know how the video will turn out. It will be interesting. Oh yeah, so that was the video. I also played hooky on like the friggin' Monday. My mind is trying to process that. Is, is, am I dreaming? Am I still asleep? Oh no! You just gonna have to wait for the for the next uh, Bone Steel music video. I, I think so. it should be out by the end of the month. Hopefully, I'm guessing halfway through next month. Is this the song we guest starred on? Yes, yes. This dude. is the one we did group vocals on. Fuck yeah, dude! All right. As though I put yeah. No, so I, I remember I played hooky. Just a, I guess two more videos. Oh, now good friend Thomas. He works at a grocery store called Restaurant Depot. So I guess so. As you guess, it's a bulk store that usually. People that at restaurants come in and buy bulk shit. Yeah. Bulk of sh whatever. And he has one guy that comes in and he goes, hey. And he's like, he's talking like, hey, you a wrestling fan? And obviously good friend Thomas says, yes. Hey, Andrade and Charlotte Flair likes to come in into my spot a, lot, a decent amount of times. Why don't you come by my guy? And he was like telling us, hey. Andrade and Charlotte like to go to a spot. Now at first we weren't going to have enough time because usually it's like, hey. We don't have hot chicken up here at the time. Like, mm -hmm. literally, when I went down, Jaybirds opened up and slow. So now we finally have a Nashville hot chicken spot. Yeah. Which you can get the Mac Daddy, which is like hot chicken and macaroni cheese slider. Ooh. Is that good or not good? I couldn't tell you, but mm. it'd be interesting. It was like, hey, at least we have a Nashville hot chicken spot. So it's like we went, got hot. It's like, literally got hot chicken, get some grill them all. That's using my hit list. But like the day I played hooky because it was just like, because, oh yeah, we also watched like the AEW pay-per-view too. There was that. Yeah. Which if you want me to which run down. Which was pretty good. Which if you want me to run down a card, uh, I can tell you uh, Jericho and Eddie Kingston, that was match was sexy. Was awesome. Three, yeah, through a tag uh -oh. title match. Pretty good. Jay coming out as Jade from Mortal Kombat <laughs> was uh, pretty funny. Yeah. And that match was uh, pretty like sloppy, but Jade's like, you know, Jay Cargill's like, how it be? Yeah, uh, CM Punk and uh, MJF had a bloodbath. That was sexy. It was a very light. It, it was very drawn out. It was a very dramatic match. Honestly, 
CM Punk coming out to his old ROH theme, which is that AFI song. I was like, oh, not dude. gonna lie, that this is that that was hype. That, that was, was pretty hard, bro. This pay per view felt like such a love letter to to ROH in so many ways. It also felt like they were flexing, like, yeah, dude, we own them now. But it was mostly like, you know, good natured like callbacks because there's a lot of ROH alumni in uh, in AEW. So, so yeah. And next was the women's uh, like title match, which that was okay. But dude, that came after like CM Punk and MJF. Death spot. Dude, there was no one's going to survive. And then it was like Moxley and Brian by accidentally crashed out with that match because it was just like we had a busy day. And I was just like, you know what? I need a Brian crash. Alvarez on Twitter said that was a million star match. I watched it again and that match was awesome. The match is really That was a great that that match. Was, was sex. That was a beautiful fight. That was really good. And then there was like the chaotic freaking like, uh, I don't know, like, yeah, tr- like Tornado's Trios match, which I was like, I was like, basically, it's like, all right, I'm going to take this time to freaking unstuff my drums because I was thinking after the pay-per-view, I was going to head out. But like, once the pay-per-view was over, oh, yeah, and the main event was like Adam versus Adam, which that match was really awesome. That match was, yeah, yeah, it was sexy. Dude, that match was pretty awesome. It felt like a classic NXT main event. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny? I was talking to my wrestling homie at work and I said, you know what it is? I said, you know what AEW feels like now? And before I could say, he's like, it feels like old NXT. I'm like, yeah, AEW feels like NXT from like, I'm going to be generous and say like 20, like 13 to like 2018. Nah, dude, that had to be like 2015 to 2018. I, I, well, it was like a 2014. Fuck, wait, no. It might, yeah, it has to be like that 2014. Yes, it's 2014. That's when we kind of were really watching NXT. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that was the mania we went to in Mm -hmm. California. Yeah, it was. And then immediately. No, it was like, I think it was that. Like, I don't know if it was 2014 or 2015 was the California mania. I'm pretty sure it was 14. Because then there was like the one we went to Texas, and that was like when Shinsuke debuted. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty hot, period. Pretty exciting for pro wrestling, well, at least for like WWE. For for we. For the we. For the we. But yeah, no, that like main event felt like a friggin' NXT main event with Adam Cole. Yeah. Just how it was just wrestling. I'm like, dude, it felt, that that was just a pretty good match. When, I didn't realize there was a little drama. I didn't realize how similar, I mean, obviously, except for the buckshot lariat. I didn't realize, but Adam Page and Cole have similar movesets. Dude, and- it was mostly like Adam Page beating the shit out of Adam Cole. <laughs> and Adam Cole doing co- like freaking counters and super kicks. You know what the thing And is- making yeah. great faces. And then coming out to his bulky ass Master Chief like freaking like top <laughs> thing about adam cole is that you look at that guy's face and like he's equal parts huggable and punchable depends it depends like if you're like if he's a heel oh man what beat that dude's ass but when he's a face it's like or when he's you know or he, when he was an undisputed it's like yo i'd kiss that guy's cheek too yeah he's pretty cool like <laughs> this guy's too cool but like freaking like it was like i guess people i know i remember me and jake were debating because in that match Hangman Adam Page like tied up like freaking Adam like Adam Cole to the ropes with his belt. Oh yeah, and he's going like, dude, that's cheating. I'm like, but bro, he's getting revenge on like Adam Cole on Dynamite when he duct taped him to the rope and was just super kicking him in the face multiple times. Yeah, I'm like, dude, Adam Page's character is he's gonna come back and whip your ass. Like if you attack him, literally the next week he's gonna show up and kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. That's his fucking character. I was like, yeah, if you're going to tie him up, he's going to tie you up. Yeah, it was good But stuff. I guess he, yeah, he accidentally pushed like one of the dark member, like dark order members. And I guess there's a little tension going on. I'm like, no, bro. Why are they like doing this now? It feels too soon. 
he just it took so long for him to get like be friends. Yeah, yeah. It was an epic journey. Well, I guess it's been over a year, but like I still want that happy parade going, but I don't like this tension or drama. Yeah. And I was like reading the results of Dynamite tonight too, where there's a little awkward tension moment with them too. I'm like, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, uh. that's like the wrestling. And then oh dude. A quick story of like work today. Cause like today I was like with like uh I was with my crew. Mo- uh, just digging in fucking clay trying to like set up a trench and stuff and I remember at one moment they were like oh yeah we're gonna send you down to go uh, check out this lady's like what's wrong with her like internet like basically just go down for repair and like literally it's like okay whatever and I went out there and I was like okay hopefully they get this to me by one and it's like I don't get the fucking call till like fucking two and it's like I have to drive an hour and a half down the fucking like down to where this shit like lady's house is mm-hmm. and when I eventually got there and I was looking through the setup I was like oh god this is gonna be this is like I was like I hope this is gonna be easy I wrote up like dude this is gonna be a nightmare Aww. but when I told them I was like yeah no so I came in and it also seems like your freaking dish is down and it's like oh wait a minute it's, your dish has no power and this dude's like Oh, wait a minute. I was running a saw and I think I popped the breaker or flipped the breaker off so I can use the saw. Let, let, let me switch that on. And I went over and like the dish was on again and I walked up to the lady. <laughs> here's the thing. The lady was fucking being a punisher. Oh, yeah. She was calling in. I was like, I need someone to come out here and fix my internet now. It's like, what's going on? Like she's talking to the main owner and just blowing up his personal phone. I walk out there and it was just like, Oops, we accidentally cut power to where to the dish. It turns back on. I check. I'm like, yeah, it's working good. I go to this lady and see how it's looking inside. She just opens the door. Is like, yeah, internet's working. All right, cool. Bye. Ah. Huh. <laughs> well, you know, at least I had to drive least- an hour and a half for that, <laughs> which I was totally cool because at least I could make the podcast on time. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there, it's like, fuck, dude, this is might take a fucking minute, and I don't have fucking cell phone service out here, so I'm kind of on my wits. Yeah, yeah, but. Nope, it was just like, oh, hey, look at that. We solved the mystery. Yeah. I just had to show up and explain. I was like, all right, so this is how our system works, and that needs a lot of power. That for sure, I'm going to see if uh, that's getting power because it seemed like it just wasn't, like, seems like it's off. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Light bulb. <laughs> and I was like, either way, that was pretty quick and easy. Now we're here. Yeah. All right. At least we didn't punish PG and E like that. You know, me and my dad were talking. We knew we were fucked because uh, the other like two, three weeks. It's ago, also a Sunday, bro. That dude's getting paid overtime to come out. We uh, we knew we were fucked though because like two, three weeks ago, I was doing something in the microwave, and as and it was already plugged in. But when I pressed uh, start for the microwave to go on, sparks flew out, and I was like dad and it didn't happen again it's like okay the next day dad comes in my room uh, i go outside uh talk to dad in the kitchen and he's like hey you remember how you said uh, you saw the sparks fly from the uh socket there from the microwave i'm like yeah he said okay well i tried to do your coffee i i, I tried to make me coffee this morning and uh there was uh there was a there was like flames for a few seconds so yeah i think we need to get somebody out here and i'm like oh okay no, no, we just he just needed to switch it out. He needed to switch out the outlet thing. I yeah. forget how it works, but yeah. So a lot of electrical issues this week on the Dr. Death Danger Radio yes. show. 
Well, not too much for me. It's just me going out to people, and yeah. I was just like, hey, this is an easy mystery. And then I remember, oh, this chick was being a fucking punisher. Yeah. To, like, <laughs> have us come out, and she took forever to respond. Yeah. And then, like, when I'm out there, it's like, fuck, dude. I've It's like fucking two. I'm off at five, and I got to go drive an hour and a half, and then get back. It's going to take an hour. It's like, fuck, dude. I might not show up to the podcast till seven or something tonight. And she's like, just- overtime, yes. But I'm like, dude, fuck you. This is my, like, a fucking, like, <laughs> it's like, no, I want to be here on time. But then it's just like, okay, quick, easy mystery fix. All right, I'm out of here. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Speaking of fire, let's get to hot or not. All right. Let me pull up hot or not. That sexy bumper. Yeah, that's really fucking hot. It's so hot. It's so hot. All right. So for today's Hot or Not, sent by good friend Jake, we are listening to Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran featuring Bring Me the Horizon. Let's listen to what Jake has sent in talking about this track. Basically, you have a unique situation of Bring Me the Horizon collaborating on Ed Sheeran's song Bad Habits, which was a huge fucking hit last year. And this just seems to cement Bring Me the Horizon as the hot, hottest metal band uh, probably in the world. And like going forward, everyone always talks about um, uh, everyone always talks about who's going to be the the future Metallica or whatever. And um, probably can't make a better case for a band than Bring Me the Horizon, considering, you know, them doing stuff with Halsey, Ed Sheeran, uh, MGK coming up. So, anyways, it is that is baby this metal, week's I think, too. Uh, contender for Hot or Not, <clears throat> and that's why it's hot, in my opinion. So, yeah, I have listened to... Uh, actually have listened to the song because I guess I went and watched the fucking award show where they performed mm. this and I was like alright this is corny but I'm not for the radio might as well listen to it in studio form yeah alright let's check it gotta turn that bitch up every time you come around you know I can't say Yesterday. Should have really fucking <laughs> set up just to the audio levels prior. <laughs> I thought I was already magically ready to go. And I was fucked. He is a good singer. I've, yeah, never, no. I've never been fair to his music. It's just, he's, you know, he's popular. I see him everywhere and I'm like, uh, whatever. I just remember him from good. the fucking Yesterday movie and just him just being defeated by his dude yeah, discovering yeah, yeah. Beatles songs. We're gonna have a song off. Honestly, I think because this sounds pretty good, I think this reflects more positively on Ed Sheeran. He can uh, his voice goes with pretty much everything. Yeah, I don't know if I really have any critiques or comments. For this, this sounds like, like a ra- so far. This is like you know, radio song. Yeah, like obviously Ed Sheeran's fucking huge. So, Bring Me the Horizon playing on this track. Oh, that's Bring Me the Horizon, all right. They have such a, I don't mean, I don't want to say unique, but they have such a definitive way that they do their their music. Yeah. Every pure intention ends when the good times start. 
one. I'm not gonna lie, seen them in Knotfest. I kind of came around to these guys. Maybe the Horizons. They're they're pretty oh, good. Oh shit! You've actually seen them. Yeah, they're they're uh their fans go nuts. That was uh there was a lot of people that were like there for them that day. They got a really passionate fan base. I literally saw at least three or four uh, goth girls with their boyfriends crying while they were singing to some of the songs. I feel <laughs> there's part of me. I feel I know bad for laughing. God damn it! I'm so sorry. Fuck. I'm a terrible fucking person sometimes. Hey, everyone's got that band they cry to. Hurt by Nine Inch Nails still makes me cry every time. Yep. I like I know, but I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, I'm not going like, oh yeah, I've seen like I've seen Koda host Edward here. Fucking mad, bawling his eyes out, listening to like "Hurt" by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> but I'm not going to like, yeah, I'm actively seeing. It's like, yeah, let me see them tears, big boy. Cry for me, little boy. Cry. This literally, I'm not trying to like be dismissive, but this is pretty by musically. This is pretty by the numbers for them. This is obviously different for Ed Sheeran. No, no, this is like no. Here's the thing: Bad Habits was already done with by Ed Sheeran last year, oh. but then they redid the song with Bring, Bring Me the Horizon as oh, a feature okay. we'll to see. make it with that rock sound, bro. That like that fucking like that synth, the fucking drums, metal guitars. This kind of music, especially with the pop punk explosion, uh, heavy and hard music, whatever, is slowly becoming a little more you mean mainstream just rock music. Yeah, yeah, it's becoming rock a little more. Music. Mainstream E, and it's pissing off a lot of gatekeepers, and it makes me really happy. Well, we've always kn we've always known gatekeepers trip on that shit. Yeah, but I'm like, at the same time, it's like, well, Rock's coming back. Some people are gonna give a gonna be stoked for that. See, Grant, I didn't listen to Ed Sheeran's original song, but to me, that feels this that uh, it that I think that could speak to how natural this sounds to me because I think. Oh, it could, look at that energy scream! He's got the scream, yeah. He's a good screamer. He's kept his voice. I always wish I could scream like that, but I can never figure it out. I don't know. Practice. You remember back when we were growing up and like all these core bands were popular, one of the things that gatekeepers used to shit talk on those guys for was because they would cuff the mic. Yeah. That's a thing that... Well, cuffing the mic is kind of a fucking bitch to when it comes to recording. It's re it's a bitch when it comes to recording and when you're the sound guy at a show, but hey, it works. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm like... Here's the thing, though. It's like negative approach cups the mic. Yeah, negative he makes approach it cups the mic. Uh, yeah, it makes it sound intense. So I'm just like, well, I'm not against it. Whenever, uh, whenever system there's a thing, it's like your band's not negative approach. So like, <laughs> oh, whenever System of a Down was live and Serge did like the deep, the deep uh, voice thingies or whatever, that's always what he would do. He would always, uh, he would always cuff when he goes. <laughs> anyway, I like that song. That's a hot. Yeah, dude, this is an easy hot because it's an Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, no, Bring Me a Horizon is like, as you said, people were crying around me when they were playing and singing their songs. Oh, yeah. it's that I'm not going to doubt it's you. It's the classic image. You know, the short girl standing in front, got her makeup on. I'm old enough he to got her playing, look at boyfriend behind them. They're hugging. He's got his hands on their hips. They're swaying. And then she's crying out as she's, you know, bad habits. Bad. They didn't play that song. Yeah, but. No, 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 I'm like, did I play that song? 
Would you have known they played that song? You're just there. Oh, like, I know they played the baby metal song because they announced that as this is a song we did with baby metal. So it's like, here's the I will admit, yeah, no, Bring My Horizon is a huge ass band, and every other band tries to like rip them off. So that's how. Oh yeah, that's fucking the Bring Me Horizon. Yeah, I'm not doubting them, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I remember. I'm gonna be that picky asshole though, and uh, be be a. I have a bone with pick with Jake saying saying how people are saying oh these guys are the next Metallica and I know what he means when he says that in the sense of popularity people they collab with how big of a deal their releases are blah 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 but like I've 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 never like liked that idea of oh they're the next this they're the next that this is this kind of comes more from being a wrestling fan where this is more more parent. But like, I'm more of a fan. I'm more of a fan of the idea. Like, you know, they're the first Bring Me the Horizon, not the next Metallica. But that's just that's just me being picky with 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 people. <gasps> it's like people that get hung up on uh, like I've I've had people uh at work like describe songs to me they like and they're, and they're they're trying to like really like a couple of them have been really trying to like nail the genre of what it their the music sounds like. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of that band. What were they like? And they're trying to be like, well, I think it's kind of like this, but kind of like that. And I'm just like, dude, just just tell me what bands they kind of sound like, you know? Because I, I can tell some people have had genre police on their ass be like, um, actually, that's not rock. That's more of like alternative hard rock, you know, that kind of shit. So, yeah. But yeah, Bring Me the Horizon's good. And the song's good. I like it. Okay. Yeah, no. Sounds pretty awesome. I got no. I got nothing though. I got. Yeah, you wouldn't, you to wouldn't really have much of an opinion on Ed. I think you have more of an opinion on Ed Sheeran than Bring Me the Horizon. Mostly, Fuck. that's because of the Yesterday movie. Fuck. I actually do have an opinion more on Ed Sheeran than Bring Me the Horizon. I, I think just, you have more of an opinion on just a similar like, band. I, like, on, I can um, tell you the Wikipedia history, like ish, like living through, because I remember like Bring Me the Horizon and all the fucking bands trying to like sound like Bring Me the Horizon and yeah. shit. I lived through that, but I never cared for Bring Me the Horizon. They never like light my world on fire. Up until recently, the only thing I really remembered about them was when we were in high school and we thought we were funny and we used to call them Bring Me the Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bring me the sunshine. Yeah, I, I I still get a chuckle out of that. All right, for sure. All right, ready uh, to move on to the who? I need to take a quick break. Sorry, I gotta take a quick break. No, real you quick. don't. Okay, and then we'll get into the car, the classic album review. All right. So, what do we listen to this week for the classic album review? And not just say the who and like I don't know what you said in the beginning. <laughs> what I don't know. I said the who's second album. Oh, okay. Which is called a quick one. Although this album kind of has... Oh, an that's why. I thought you said, yeah, and this one's going to be a quick one. I'm no, like, no. <laughs> the name of the album is A Quick One. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. No, um, yeah. So the album's called The Quick One when it originally released. It actually kind of has a, a semi-interesting story. Uh, when they, they re-released a different version of this album in America, and it was called Happy Jack. And there was actually a song they recorded just for it called Happy Jack. Um, but the UK release, the UK releases, which much like the British releases is treat the Beatles releases is treated as the true canon. Uh, that's the version of the album we listen to. It's kind of a black sheep in the discography. It's sort of forgotten about because I'm going to be honest. I, I knew one song off this and I didn't even know it was off this. I thought the band 
like went from my generation to the who sells out. Yeah, I remember you saying that on the podcast. And when I actually went to look it up, I was like, wasn't Edward on a podcast? Like, yeah, next time we're going to listen to the who sells out. And I'm just like, look, I'm like, this is the fucking third sound, album. I don't sound like, I don't sound like that much of a goober. No, you don't sound like that much a goober. I'm just making you sound like a goober. <laughs> but yeah, so here we go. Track number one is called uh, Run, Run, Run. It's kind of a basic 60s fare with its beat and melody and song structure. It's nothing like super explosive, but it's catchy. It's fun. I wrote here, it sounds kind of like Scooby-Doo music. Like the kind of song that plays when they're like, you know, running across the barn or they're running across the hallway with, uh, with all the doors and whatnot. So yeah, I thought Run, Run, Run was a good start to... Get the album up and run. Yeah, yeah, I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah, so the first song, I'm not going to lie, was a good opening track. Yeah. But it kind of felt like a Beatles ripoff. But yeah. that's not the worst. Oh, no. I'm just saying. This album came out in 1966. I'm so. like, it's not bad if you rip off the Beatles. No. Sometimes <laughs> it could be bad, but at the same time, I think you do okay. Yeah. But six out of ten. Okay, so track two is a fan favorite called Boris the Spider with uh, bassist John Entwistle on vocals. Okay, you won't hear this one on the radio, but it was a big hit with fans, um, especially at live shows. Now, I always loved this song as a kid because, um, so Ringo Starr- It's kind of like a, it sounds like a friggin' like kid show like jingle. A little bit. Plus, when uh, we, saw Ring- we saw Ringo Starr a bunch of times when I was a kid, and his whole gimmick was he didn't just have like a solo tour thing he has his all-star band and he would have a, a a rotating cast of musicians from various bands across rock history well a couple times we saw him john entwistle was with them and this was uh this was the, this was like the one who song that they played and i kind of get why because okay so ringo star wasn't the only drummer they actually had like another drummer too but like I can't imagine Ringo Starr attempting to do Keith Moon fills. So his son can do it, though. But yeah, so I always liked the song as a kid. How could you not? The tune stays in your ear. And I wrote here, plus, John Entwistle arguably has the first death metal voice on recording. Yeah, dude, seriously. Boris the spot. I'm like, whoa, is this in tune? <laughs> there was cool vocal effects, too. So. <laughs> Black and very, very small. Seven out of ten. Good song. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like you're pretty nostalgic on this song. I'm not. I was like, bruh, death metal vocals lol. But, <laughs> so but this was a jo- yeah, but this was a jokey one, or you could say kind of like a kid's melody, but it was a fun one. But I'll yeah. give it six out of ten. It didn't light my world on fire, but I was like, you know what? I don't hate it though. Yeah, this song like this I said, wasn't was- a good hate. Where it's like, oh yeah. hey, this song's good, but I'm kind of fucking hating on it. Five out of ten kind of thing. I was yeah. like, you know what? Six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. So track three is called I Need You with Leaf with lead vocals by Keith Moon, if you can believe that. It plays like a fun 60s pop song, but it explicitly feels like, remember how you said Run, Run, Run felt like a bit of a Beatles rip? This one specifically felt like a feel-good, lovey-dovey 60s song. And I think it's a parody thing, satire thing, because like I was doing some research for this record and I found, I stumbled upon apparently, allegedly, the story of why this album was created. And according to Wikipedia, 
Moon thought the Beatles spoke in a secret language behind his back, and this song was his way of making fun of their northern accents. But uh, besides that, yeah, it's fun. Was the I listen to I I usually listen to this mostly like uh, through my phone or on my or in my car. Does the mixing sometimes feel really weird to you, especially when Keith Moon smashes those crashes of his? Well, I'm gonna tell you with song three, I vibed on it, but I wrote down I vibed. Maybe because it's the loud, peaking, redlining drums. <laughs> okay, okay. So I was like, don't too. worry. It's like, I was like sitting there. It's like, all right, so this is just fucking just peaking or distorting out. But there was like a six sound bit bridge. Was there something going on, on the bridge where there was like some dialogue talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently that, uh, I thought, I thought, what the fuck is this John Lennon? Apparently it was one of the guys doing a John Lennon voice. But yeah, it was just some guy. He just says something there in the middle and then the song keeps going. Yeah, but I vibed hard. Seven out of ten. Was this the first, um, uh, was, was this the first spaz song with random sound bits? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Track four is called Whiskey Man. Another song by Entwistle where he sings. Um, it's a fun jam, I could say. There's been no real, like... Uh, standout tracks for me, like super standout, besides Boris, which I already had a nostalgic <laughs> attachment to. <laughs> Boris the Spider. <laughs> um, I'll say this. The filler, or at least the lesser songs in this album, are better than the filler or lesser songs from my generation. So far, everything's been pretty good. There were a couple songs on my generation where I'm just like, eh. But everything on here, I'm like, nah, this is good. Uh, six out of ten. For song four? Song four. Dude, I don't know. I vibe with the song. I wrote down, indie bands wish they were this sick. <laughs> I'm in a total vibe with this one. Seven out of ten. It kind of felt like an indie band song, but I'm like, dude, this is kind of fucking good, bro. Fuck it, dude. I'm vibing hard. Seven out of ten. Yo, fuck you fucking <laughs> shitty indie bands. Why can't you sound as good as The Who right here? I'll be honest. I think I underestimated just how much impact The Who had on a lot of bands listening to these uh, first two albums of theirs. Track five is Heat Wave. So apparently this is a cover of a song written by a songwriting team named Holland Dozer Holland that was first famously sung by Martha and the Vandellas, which is a Motown group. Uh, I'll say this. I, I wrote here, it's better than the James Brown covers they did on the last record, but honestly, it's actually pretty good. Very fun and upbeat. It felt like, you know, just like some old school, just rock and roll. I had a lot of fun with this one. I gave this one seven out of ten. For song five? Song five. Dude, I don't know why. Bro, what the fuck? I just wrote down the high of the last song is the last couple songs are over because the last two songs I gave sevens. I kind of thought the song was kind of phoned in. Five out of ten. Okay, this next one's this next one's really good. Which version did you listen to? I told you I listened to the to the original one. Uh okay. quick one. Yeah. The one that's on Spoofy, right? No, don't worry. We didn't pull a maniac cop. <laughs> I hope not, because there's a couple versions where they switch songs around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never understood the point of rearranging songs. Oh no, fucking blame international fucking pressings, bro. It's kind of like remember that. Remember when we listened to Bloody Kisses? I did some research later, and like they did a re-release of that where they rearranged some of the songs and also took some out. And it's like, what the fuck is this new order? It throws everything off. So I don't get why bands do that. So track six is going to be, this is what I'm interested to see what you think. This is called Cobwebs and Strangers. It's an instrumental song written by Keith Moon. And you can really tell 
Because this song is less than three minutes. This song does not feel like less than three minutes when you're listening to it. It sounds like a cartoon having a fever dream. There's these big, crazy, sporadic, just melody thingies going on. There's horns and tubas. And it's intercut with Keith screaming like a madman in the background. As he just goes hard as shit on his drum kits in the background. This is what... I asked my dad about this song, and he said, well, back then, this is one of those songs that you would have called trippy or psychedelic. I think I liked it because it was just really, really weird. But I think it was like a good weird. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when you get to the part in the Disney movie when the when the plot stops and they just go off on a big song number and do the big, crazy, weird, abstract animation like the elephants on parade and shit. That's what this song felt like when I was listening to it. I gave it a six, but I was it was a very confused six <laughs> All right, for song six. I wrote down. Now, some circus movie noises. It was kind of turned me off, but then we just get Keith Moon shredding. And I wrote down, I always love a Keith Moon shred. I this, oh, dude. like It puts a smile on my face. Fuck it. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Maybe I just like the who more than you. No, you don't. I think. I just, we have different tastes. I was just saying, so far, I'm liking Keith Moon more than the Mr. Uh, Mr. Bonham. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't going to say that, but. Uh, I just like the Keith Moon style more. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you are. You know, I, I think I always Bonham? told. I would say there's a little bit more of a prolific technical drummer. John Bottom can keep time. But I love the Keith Moon fucking energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is getting me going. I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, fucking wail on that bitch, bro. Uh, Keith Moon is... Yeah, I want to holler on a kid. Ah. Keith, Moon, Keith Moon is responsible for every bad drummer that overcompensates with fills that you've ever met in your life. Because they saw Keith Moon going ham on that kid, and they're like, oh, I could try to keep time like Ringo or John Bonham, but I see Keith Moon going one, two, one, two, and then filling for the rest of it all the time. Oh, you I make do it, that you shit. You make it sound like he's fucking slopping off and not keeping time. Well, he was known for straight up not being able to keep time. That's what gave, that's part of, besides production, that's part of what helped give the Who their, their big kind of like raw, like, uh, you know, intense sound for the time, especially live. It wasn't just Pete Townsend breaking his guitars. It was because Keith Moon was a fucking animal. That's why the Muppets made animal. He was based on Keith Moon. <laughs> He's great. I just say, I think I'm liking the Who a lot. Oh, dude, the Who's great. I'm glad we did this. I don't yeah. think we'll need a break. He said, he said, tempting fate. Dude, there's 12 albums. I'm sure there's something that'll be a bust, and it's like, I need a break. Stop. <laughs> so track seven is called Don't Look Away. This is a simple but pleasant one. Uh, simple song, but pleasant one. Roger's back on lead vocals, finally. They finally let their lead singer sing. Um, I like that it's just a straightforward rock sound. And I wrote here, Pete rips a guitar solo at the end that sounds like it was played by Greg Allman, and that's pretty cool. So it's a good song. Six out of ten. All right, for song seven, like, the song's good. And it can be a sick, a six, but I don't like normal who. <laughs> I've been so, like, I've been so vibing on weird who, right? I'm the weird who. Five out of ten. That's I'm interesting because you know, because you don't usually go for, like, the weird experimental stuff. Because I remember when Zeppelin did some of that stuff, you weren't really responding to it, but that was the stuff I kind of responded to a little bit better. I remember responding to positive some of that stuff. Some of it. No, believe me, the barebone like Punisher radio zeppelins are the worst. Well, yeah. Come on. It's like <laughs> Okay, so track eight is called See My Way. I can't point out why. 
I can't pinpoint how, but this song sounds like it could have been in like a Western movie. It's all right. Uh, album the I wrote here the album do be slumping a bit but it's good uh, I like the percussion and horn section I didn't really love this one uh, what did you give it so for song eight I kind of zoned out on this one yeah but I felt like it was okay so I gave it a five out of ten I gave it a five too but it totally was just like you're zoning out you're like okay where are we going from here but then track nine I don't know about you but so sad about us the album picked up again with this one I like this one quite a lot it's just a good catchy song from the time period and I'll say this right now I never really realized just how much like vocal harmonies and melodies like played into the Who's characteristics I mean you hear it on some of their radio songs like Who who Are You but you know for the most part when people think of the Who they're like oh yeah they're those loud rocky British dudes with the guy that broke a and the uh you know the the freaking drummer that was crazy but uh, no the vocal harmonies were are like a big part of their identity especially for this older stuff and uh they get some really good harmonies because they all sing uh they've all done vocals so it's uh it's pretty impressive it's not quite another beatles but you know uh but yeah uh good song i gave that one a seven track See, eight i wrote down I'm sorry a, nine i wrote down fucking song nine energetic sad song but it's pretty memorable Seven out of ten. Vibes are strong. We're back, baby. Energetic sad song. I like that. <laughs> Energetic sad song. Okay, get ready. Track nine is a journey. I mean, sorry, track ten is a journey. So this is technically a title track. It's called A Quick One While He's Gone. So it's the last song. Starts off simple enough with some simple melody or B, whatever. Roger does like a almost spoken word delivery thing or someone does. And it kind of reminds me of Lou Reed. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a, this is going to be like some mellow or slower one, whatever. Then like two minutes in the song gets all real. The song goes proggy and totally like switches up tempos. And I thought to, and I actually had to check my phone. Cause I'm like, did, did, is, did I queue up another song? What the fuck? But then it sounded good. It's going along. You know, it's grooving. I'm chilling. Then a minute later, Roger starts talking about how like a girl needs to stop crying. But then we change the songs again. And then he says, my name is Iva, an engine driver. I'm like, what the hell? But then we cut again to them playing the melody. They're, they're playing the musical melody from that old song, Happy Trails. You know, the one that goes, buddy, the bum, buddy, the bum, buddy, the bum. And I'm like, and I, this is when I checked and realized this is a nine minute song. And then I had an, I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany, and so I did some research while this was going on, because the song structures, the changing song, feely stuff, and how weird and trippy it feels, I did some Googling, I'm like, when did Beach Boys' Pet Sounds come out? Same year. This album came out in December. Pet Sounds came out in May of that year. And I'm like, okay. And then I remember, and then I remembered some math. I remember how Yes didn't really start making music till 67, 68. Court of the Crimson King didn't come out till 69. Sgt. Peppers comes out, I think, in 67. And this is around the time Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee are about to form Rush. And this is when I realized, dude, the song's the birth of prog rock. Some people might say, well, what about the Beach Boys song? Well, I say that I bring in the Beach Boys specifically because Pet Sounds came out before. Was that a prog song? 
the album the out al- B- B- later beach boys specifically pet sounds and the smile story is considered a really big influence on prog rock because beach brian brian wilson was still writing from a pop music standpoint but he was throwing in so many different like instruments and 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 changes and it yeah it was all still you know four by four or whatever but it wasn't like standard it was like doing different shit changing the game and then that plus this i'm like whoa i feel like i just witnessed something this is insane so yeah tldr i love this song i gave it an eight out of ten it's really neat so i wrote a song at first i was like all right this just sounds like some safe 60s song like it's good six out of ten and i was letting the song play but then when i thought it was over and another song came on i realized wait a minute fucking the batman theme song's not on yet what the fuck's going on i look (laughs) Holy shit, this is a nine-minute fucking song. And it's a fucking journey song. I was like, fucking prog songs? Like, nope. This is kind of cool. Seven out of ten. Cause at first I was because I know I was like, all right, the original album ends, because on Spotify, where the original album ends, then the Batman song comes on. Wait, was that like a secret track or something? Batman. I don't know. Whatever the fuck that was on Spotify. Oh, because uh the for because You know, I might have picked like some special mono version of the album. Oh, okay, yeah. And which that has like other like freaking like bonus tracks that has yeah. the Batman theme on. I'm like, yeah, yeah. All right, so if the Batman theme comes on, I think it's over. Well, cuz it's the so, same like, thing just with you the- where it's like, did I keep another song? I'm sitting there it's like, <laughs> wait, where the fuck is Batman? Well, cuz okay, so this album has the same problem as the first one in like the next 3 or 4. The only albums on versions of the album on here are the expanded holy shit editions. So I had to check on on wiki for uh the track listing. So, th- Same. so, so Same. this was the last song, and yeah, I thought this was insane. I loved it. Okay, so um, out of a so if I tallied up my score, which it did, out of a score of a hundred, oh yeah, it's also it's technically a hundred and ten if you wanted to like be that guy and be a completionist and listen to Happy Jack, which they made for the American only release, which I I did listen to it and it's all right. It's it's a basic six minute. No, American I'm too lazy for song. that shit. I ended up giving it a six. So if we score it out of a hundred, this album is a 64. And if we do it out of 110, it's a 70. Very solid album. If you got, if, if anyone listening wanted to hear a good album, like throw it on. Or if you only really wanted to, or if you wanted to hear some songs, throw on, get this album, Throw on Boris the Spider. Throw on the last song. Actually, I'm not going to lie. Side A was pretty good in general. No, this is a pretty good record. Good record. There's some banger songs on here. Next for sure is Who Sells Out. Yes. I, I checked. And I checked too. <laughs> I verified. You better fucking have verified. So we're good. Okay. All right. Let me grab the timestamp real quick. I don't want to do this. I mean, I- well, too fucking bad. Uh, all right. Summer moment. I apologize. Yeah. For making us watch this movie. <laughs> no, it's just as bad as uh fucking Cats the Black Sunshine, Black Rage. I don't think we're going to get canceled talking about this movie. That I'm pretty I, sure. That I'm aware of. Actually, hold it. Let me pull up the trailer. Because I got fucking... Actually, no. Before I do pull up the trailer, let me pull up 
Oh, this wiki page. Okay. So today, we watched 1979's Caligula. I once saw this trailer, I think on like Facebook video, just like hanging out on the internet. 19, like a, like just saying controversial film, Caligula, one of the worst like emperor, Roman, like Caesar emperors of all time. You know, just that fucking shit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, okay. It seems like an edgy movie. Kind of forgot about it since. Then you and I were talking about it, and I'm like, fuck it. Let's watch it for the show. I remember, like, I can imagine, all right, some edgy f- movie with some nudity and shit. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's how it'd be, because it, it comes off as a normal movie. Here's the thing. When you see the trailer, it's done by, basically, it's, like, produced by Rob, producer Rob, Bob Guccione and, <laughs> and Penthouse Films. I'm like... So yeah, because you and me and Tacos, like, yeah, they have penthouse pets mm-hmm. on there. Okay, maybe just want to make an edgy, sexy film. Here's the thing about this movie. If you pull up on fucking Wikipedia, Caligula is a 1979 erotic historical drama film focusing on the rise and fall of in, like infamous Roman emperor Caligula. The film stars Malcolm McDowell, actually, you know, an actual movie dude. Great actor. Great actor, alongside, t- like, friggin'... Teresa Ann Savoy, mm-hmm. Helen Mirren, who yeah. played the queen, and who's also Jason Statham's mom in the Fast and Furious movies, <laughs> which is, that's where I know we're from. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Peter O'Toole. Who's one of the great actors considered of our time. Yes. And then some other peeps. Producer Bob Guccione, which I know he's the penthouse dude, and he, like, if you pull up his Wikipedia page, he just looks like some dude. It's like, you look a piece of, you look like some slummy piece of shit. <laughs> I, I, I looked, I looked up a picture of that dude in research for this movie, and I looked at that guy and I go, okay, that's a guy that's committed sex crimes. Yes. And the, yeah. And this was intended to produce an erotic feature film narrative with a high production value and name actors. This was kind of a fucking weird movie. Yeah. It's like, it was it, it wanted it was supposed to be like a big grand epic like like some of the great old uh, epics of 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 decades past like good like, bad and the ugly just like, like fucking Ten ben. it's supposed to be like Ben Hur like Ben I was just gonna say Ben Hur I was like here's the thing you think about you here it's like maybe it's just Ben Hur but maybe a little bit more dirty or some blood and tats no they try no it's literally the first intent was we're gonna make it a like a big budget pornography film. But we're going to get name actors. Yeah. But here's the thing about these name actors. They aren't going to do any sex. Yeah. Like, they do sex, but it's, like, simulated sex. They aren't going to do any of the unsimulated sex. And it's like, okay, whatever. That's already a dumb idea. Because <laughs> the por- in most pornos, the plot of it is your main character does- gets laid. Yeah. That's literally it. Our yeah. main characters get laid, but not in a graphic sense. The purpose of a pornography, like if you want to say this movie is technically a porno, sure, but it fucking fails at it. And like, at least I think it fails at it for being a pornography. Let me read that. Let me just read this. Gore Vidal, I guess the dude that wrote the first original like screenwriting, mm-hmm. originated the idea for a film about a controversial Roman emperor. See, I can understand if the movie wanted to be controversial. But there's a point where this is more of a production hell. This movie is an example of production hell. Yeah. And uh, fuck Bob Cuccioni. Yeah. Is, uh, and produced a draft screenplay under the working title of Gore Vidal's Caligula. The director, see, like, is it like Tinto? Tinito? Oh, yeah. I got I have it pulled up here. It's. Um, How do you say it? Like, Tinto. 
Yeah, whatever. Tinto Brass extensively altered Vital's original screenplay, however, leading Vital to dis disavow the film. The final screenplay focused on the idea of the absolute power. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. However, both Brass and Vital disagree with Guccione's use of unsimulated sexual content, which Brass refused the film. Already, there's an issue. Because the producers did not allow Brass to edit the film. They changed its tone and style significantly and added hardcore sex scenes not filmed by Brass, thus turning Caligula into an erotic drama featuring penthouse pets as extras, not main characters, Extras in unsimulated sex scenes filmed during post-production by Guccione and Giancarlo Louis. This version released in Italian cinemas in 1979. This full epic two and a half hour, which I guess counts as an epic. Yeah, I think an epic's like three hours at least. Bro, the new fucking Batman movie's three hours. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, that movie looks pretty epic. Now, this movie feels like a fucking epic how long this, like, fucking took, like, there are, like, some shit. felt like four hours. For fucking real, bro. And American cinema is following the year, disregarding the director's intentions to present the film as a political satire. As a result, Brass also, the director disavowed the film. Uh Uh-huh. Caligula release was met with legal issues and controversies over its violent and sexual content. Mm -hmm. Multiple cut versions were released worldwide, while its uncut form remains banned in several countries. Yeah. Which is what we watched. Which I imagine that was its purpose, was to be of some fucking epic. But, don't worry, we'll be talking about it. However, the film is considered to be a cult classic... Because there's some fucking good actors in yeah, this movie. Yeah, and there's some good acting, too. There's a point, it just, like... First half of this movie, I was like, okay, there's some shit. Let me just... But there's some good actors. Let me finish this, let me finish yeah, this, yeah, like, go reading. Ahead, go ahead. However, the film is... Yeah, and it's... With significant merit for its political content and, his, and historical portrayal, the script was later adapted into a novelization written by William Johnston under the pseudonym William Howard. In 2018, Penthouse announced that a new director's cut of the film was being edited by Alexander Tushnishki. I'm gonna, I totally botched that name. But some lad, with the approval of Brass's family, no release date of that cut has been confirmed. In 2020, another version of the film, which I try to look up, was announced to be released in the fall of that year, edited by E. Elias. Merhig to follow more closely the Gore Vitals original screenplay instead of t- of like Tino Brass or Bob Guccione's version. I have some bits to add on to that before we to, go into this movie to strengthen the the context that you've given us. So specifically, Gore Vital did intend for this to be a big grand epic thing, but there's a lot of one of the things obviously is that. All three of those guys, him, Guccione, and Brass, they all wanted different things. Gore Vidal, who I believe was a gay man, wanted the film to, um, he wanted things like, um, he wanted things like, uh, like the homosexuality in this movie to be more upplayed. Cause this is like late seventies and LGBT acceptance and representation is still really low. And he wanted it to be, I don't know if he wanted it to, for it to be a straight art piece or if he wanted it or if he intended for there to be more, more commentary or maybe even like 
philosophical deconstructive elements because I've only seen this cut of the film. I'll be honest, I almost want to see the other ones because I feel like there was some real true artistic intent in here. But then you have the director, uh, Brass. He wanted the movie to be more of a of a of a political satire. He wanted um um uh, he he wanted it more to focus on like. He wanted it to be like more about like a plot about like, you know, a political thriller basically, but set in the Rome, whereas, whereas Vital wanted more character driven things. And then you've got, then you've got big Bob Guccione over here. Fucking who, Bob Guccione. And this is a direct this quote. Fucking guy. This is a direct quote from TV Tropes who ordered rewrites to remove Vital's homosexual elements and wanted to make a porn with plot film that paid homage to the campiness of 1950s historical epics. So you've got one guy who want the writer who wants a character driven philosophical art piece. You've got one guy who's like, okay, that's cool, but you know, let's actually like try to have like a political thriller plot to keep it interesting. And then you've got one guy who's like the Do guy, the guy funding the movie yeah i was like i want just raw fucking sex with i guess a plot listen there's a lot of reasons to hate the cut of this movie we watched as we will talk about yes but i feel really bad for the movie and gore vital because even while watching it even when some of the dumb stupid shit happens i genuinely found that there was some real true artistic merits in here but they got smothered out (laughs) They got smothered by nudity and genital manip- um, um, uh What's the word? Not manipulation. Uh, mutilation. mutilation. That's pretty much all the background stuff I could talk about. Like it's a, I can believe this is the era of exploit exploitation films. Yeah, and I'm fine with some of this imagery being controversial. And you can use nudity to maybe and like the sexual stuff to like and Im- like make the story enhance into it. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's a way to do that. Some fucking scenes in this movie where it's just like it's on and on and on, just fucking move on. The last scene like that they do in the movie near the end was the probably the worst one. Yeah, I was like telling you, it's like, dude, power's out, and I'm only halfway through the movie. I was like, dude, bro, you haven't even touched You're the like, worst. you haven't even gotten to the worst part. And I'm like, shit. The only other interesting thing now, I was ca- I correct on that? Yeah. And you're just like, I hate this movie. It's like, God damn it. But then there's the parts where he's like, man, this movie's kind of sick, not gonna lie. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the, the one thing this movie also represents is that, so back in the 70s, that's when uh, movies all across, well, okay, it was more in America they were starting to do it more because nudity had been a thing in films for a little bit at that point. I'm just talking porn. But uh, in America specifically, there was a lot of, like, uh, the there was a movement across the film world where they were putting more things like, like, uh, like, like sex and nudity in things and they weren't just doing it. And they the were talking about and it. And here's the thing. The ratings were also pretty liberal at the time too. Yeah. Like if you ask me if this movie uncut version would just be, you know, everyone's talking about rated X and then like the X rating going up to triple X was just, it's a fucking pornography. You yeah. Know? It's basically like, and this movie can be technically a pornography. Some people say that people yeah. review the movie and say it's a pornography. I say, this is a fucking confused movie where they try to throw us <laughs> a pornography in here. Yeah. Maybe was- I'm used to like movies <clears throat> today where there's these, shocking movies they use these sexual themes yeah and at times i don't feel like it's a pornography but there is a technicality to this movie or yeah so. yeah it was part of a that, movement you can in the say set- that's like is a pornography but i'm like 
dude, that's like this movie is like either a quarter porn or like two thirds of a porn. It's I would I would debate and then the rest is a fucking just like freaking you know just like just freaking kind of an epic Roman like story of a crazed fucking magnetical emperor. Yeah, played by Malcolm McDowell, who's perfect for the role. But yeah, the only other thing I can add to that is that um, it was there was a movement in the seventies called Porno Chic, which is what I was describing. But it, 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 that was kind of a, from what I could tell, that was sort of a derivative name given to given to the movement by people. But yeah, that was the idea. But apparently, this movie single handedly killed that movement because the reception was so bad. Roger Ebert is is infamous for having walked out on the film when he saw it in theaters and he called it sickening, utterly worthless, shameful trash. And that's our movie this week, folks. Let me pull up the trailer. I think this is the one I saw just randomly on. Sure. Fuck you, yeah. Expedia. Yeah, these fucking ass. Is that Expedia? Yeah. Their logo always looked like the... Uh, uh, what's the one with Cat? The book with Katniss Everdeen. Um, Hunger Games always look like that. They lot. spoke of it first in whispers, then it took the media by storm. Password. Scrooge. So be it. Bob Guccione and Penthouse Films International present Caligula. If only all Rome had just one neck. Seriously, like this trailer makes it seem like okay, kind of like this like everything Roman they, epic, but with like crazed people. Everything they just, everything they're showing now is from the second half of the movie. The recreation of power gone mad in all its insane dimension. Caligula. Take my horse to his own bed. No, you totally, I, you totally like, they totally like zip past the part where it's Rob Gucci and Penthouse, but maybe at that time I didn't know like. I didn't give a fuck about that. I was like, oh, oh hey. they, they wouldn't have pub. They wouldn't have been very public about that. That would have hurt uh, people seeing it. Cruelty for cruelty, lust for lust, a film that tells the truth as no film ever dared. Michael McDowell, Teresa Savoy, Helen Mirren, Peter O'Toole, John Gielgud. In the most controversial film ever made. That's probably true. Caligula. No rumor can match the reality. That was the most accurate thing said in this trailer. No rumor can match the reality. That was the most true thing. Also, yeah, I'm gonna say this probably is the most controversial movie ever made. I don't nothing not human centipede. That's just a gore film. And not Serbian film. Again, it's just a gore film for shock value. The director was tried there, to was there gore in Serbian film? Have you never watched it? I've watched reviews. Well, yeah, there's I a lot. I kind of don't want to watch that movie. There's a lot of just violence, sexual violence, and a lot of does it seem like there's like gross, shocking sexual violence from the reviews? I'm like, I don't feel like I really want to watch this movie. If no, it's you disturbing. don't. But unless just Calig- take Gigi's word for unless it, unless fucking Caligula just takes the cake. Caligula, in my opinion, I am I am set on this. Caligula is to me the prototype for every shocking movie that we see nowadays with all the sex and violence because. 
because a lot of these movies are like that just for the sake of it but some of them try to be like oh yeah we have all this gory sex violence but we have a point like the guy from serbian film tried to be like uh this movie is actually an artistic statement to life in serbia and i'm like i'm pretty sure it's not (laughs) but whatever dude we've talked for 15 minutes just about this movie and we haven't even talked about what we haven't even started reviewing this movie I guess we should just get into it. There's a lot to talk about this movie, though. All right. Let's we'll see how <laughs> fucked my notes are. Are your notes going to be good this time? My you've notes been, You've been having be a bad luck streak. Dude, my fucking phone. Even when I'm writing for The Who, I've had to make separate note files now. And even then, I won't backspace. I won't move the cursor. And shit will just jump around and randomly delete stuff. So the movie's pretty fresh in my mind. But I took the best notes I could. So as the movie opened, I just wrote down... Sometimes this is kind of pointless, but like after some text, we open with some two people flolicking around in the woods. We yeah. see them hanging to a tree, and we already see a butt cheek and a boob. I'm like, all right, so, I don't oh, know it's this. More, oh, it's more than butt cheek, yeah, dude. Like this lady's not wearing underwear, but we're not. They're not fucking throwing the camera up or gooch. You're not throwing the camera up there, but you can basically see it. And then we see the title shot: A Bob Guccione and Penthouse Film International presents. Caligula. This title card stays on the screen for like 30 solid seconds. And I wrote down, bro, I got some fuck version with sweetest text going. <laughs> what? Like, well, like, ex- like, when they started, like, telling all, like, pre- like, when it was, like, the movie was just, like, saying whatever the shit. The subtitles? Yeah, not the subtitles. Just, like, the fucking, just, like, you know, title card and shit. When it isn't just, like, you know, Penthouse Films International. Well, even that international was the friggin' sweetest word for international. Now we get Malcolm McDowell and some booty cheeks. And a messenger <laughs> rolls up talking to Malcolm McDowell about news of the emperor. Was it Tobias? Tobikius? Tobikius? I thought it was like Tobikius or something. Tobikius? Tobikius? I just know that I just know that after that they um I just know that after the person cuz this is when they're in like his room, right? Yeah, they're just in the room. They're talking. And this lady is uh, Drusilla, his sister, and his main lover. Because fuck it. You know, you know, oh, they don't skirt around it either. You see them make out. He fondles. Yeah, so the thing is incestual, but the homeboy is literally going like, hey. Like, she's just sitting there. It's like, hey, I know we're like brother and sister. It's like, but that shit's cool in Egypt, yo. Why can't it be cool with trust? No one seems to even have an issue with the incest. It's just that in, you can't get married there. That's why he's like, you, sister, uh, siblings can't get married in Egypt. That's why, like, let's go to Egypt. But uh, anyway, so general guy walks in and tells Malcolm, hey, uh, your grandpa, the ki- uh, Caesar, the king wants to see you. Because I always forget. Caesar, Tabiscus. <laughs> I always forget that Caesar wasn't a name. It was a title. Because yeah. because whenever I think of Caesar, I think of Julius. Right. But then when I always see like, you know, Augustus and Caligula and I'm like, Caesar, were they related? And it's like, oh, wait, no. Caligula is a title. Uh, Caesar's a title. Hello. So Mal- Hello. So, yeah. The, so, he's been, so he's. Hi. That's you gotta, you gotta do it, Brad Michael style. Hi. Where it's gotta be lazy, but there's just enough effort. Much like his music. So Malcolm, he, he gets told, the guy tells him, Hey, your grandpa wants to talk to you. He's old. And Malcolm's like, <laughs> That's basically the conversation. I don't want to talk to him because historically this dude's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm's like, uh, fine, let's go. And then we go in the next shot and we just see naked slaves. 
I shouldn't say this. I hated all the nudity, the male nudity in this movie because it made me envious. Envious. It didn't make me envious. I was prepared. I mentally prepared. Yeah, I'm going to see a fucking <laughs> schlong or two. Oh, we saw like 50. Yeah. We maybe saw 100. I prepared. I was like, I'm going to see like fucking 100 songs in this film because fuck it. I get it. It's fucking just weird. It's a weird fucking movie. It's controversial. I feel like big cocks were different and back I get then it. than There's they are good, now. I don't know. Dude. There's a fucking variety of cocks in this movie. They didn't care. Hey, dude, you want to be fucking naked on camera? Hang out on set. I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that uh, Malcolm doesn't actually have a bigger penis. I don't know if they even showed his penis. They did one scene are you one sure that's time not a and it's cock? later. What? Are you sure that's not a stunt cock? They didn't have the technology to do stunt cock. What do you mean? It's just a fucking quick edit, cut edit. No, but he's like, it's the scene. We'll get to it. Whatever. So, um, you know, it's fucked too. Mom wants you to upload the episode tonight. She was yelling at me like two weeks ago when we went on our trip. She's like, like the day I got back, right? She's like, James hasn't uploaded yet. And I'm like, well, we just recorded it. He does it sometimes. Well, I'm like, well, he's not tonight. She's like, okay, didn't do it the next day. James still hasn't uploaded it. Well, he's going on a trip or he's busy or something. Like two days later, she's like, I don't like your show anymore. <laughs> I'm like, why? Because we had gotten back from the trip at this point. And she's like, and she's like, and she's like, because James hasn't uploaded the episode. Yeah, I uploaded it on that Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I was like after that. And I was like, oh, hey, the episode's up. She's like, oh, okay. Okay. God damn it, mom. You're fine, dear. <laughs> if you wanted this, fine. No, I'm oh, I thought I thought for a second you said if you want in on this, and I'm like, James, I'm not gonna make my no, mom no, no, watch no, no, Caligula. No, 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 no. So now uh so they walk around, there's a bunch of naked slave dudes hammering like, away. Yeah, no, because like for yeah, there's naked slave dudes. Malcolm I just wrote down now, Malcolm appears for something. Some lady's just getting whipped. Yeah. And I guess some dude died by a trial. They I were talking so. some dialogue. I'm not going to catch much dialogue. He's here to visit fucking Grandpa Tabisculus. I'm going to be honest. To freaking Tabisculin Biscuit. <laughs> I don't fucking I'm gonna be. I'm going to be honest. A lot of the dialogue in this movie is exposition. And it's either exposition, giving orders, or it's just Malcolm McDowell yelling. Which normally Malcolm McDowell yelling is entertaining, but it's Malcolm McDowell yelling for two and a half hours, and part half of half of the yelling is him yelling why he can't marry his sister. So a lot of the dialogue, I got some of it, but I just checked out for a lot of it because the actions of the characters in the plot told me more than the dialogue actually did. Yeah. So it got some of the dialogue just got kind of boring after a while. Yeah, there's just like some dialogue, maybe not more. I'm not saying it's bad, but whatever. We see you. I just know I wrote down. A pool room now of boobs and children. Oh, this we see Peter O'Toole swimming, swimming, and he's asking Malcolm, "Hey, do that dance that I love." Because I was like, oh, "I don't know," because they keep calling him Little Boots, and I forget. I think Caligula was actually like his nickname. Or well, something. Caligula is a derivative of, is derivative of Little Boots because yeah. I think that's what his mom named him because mm-hmm. of. Some little boots. Some reason. This pool scene's actually kind of fucked up. So there's a lot of like naked men and women in this pool, right? Oh, only this scene's fucked no, up. No, 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 no. Because in reality, this uh this emperor, Caligula's grandpa, he actually did have a pool like this. And in and, and in the movies, he called them uh 
and in this movie he called them his little fishies. I think uh, in, little fishies. I think in real life he called them his minnows or his guppies. Uh but instead of men and women, um the guppies were little boys. Yep. Cause controversial movie, bro. Because fuck Rome. <laughs> whatever. He whatever. Eventually Malcolm McDowell starts dancing and we just get just cut just shots of like booty cheeks. And then Peter, I guess, is not stoked to hear that Malcolm wants him dead. <laughs> you want me dead? And he's yeah, like, Where <laughs> did you hear that? I laugh because that's basically the scene because because uh, yeah, Peter O'Toole's basically just like, Hey you little shit, I know you want me dead. And then Malcolm McDowell's like, No. Of course not. I want you to live forever. That's my best Malcolm McDowell voice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then, and then uh, Peter O'Toole is really only in this movie for like maybe half an hour, but they give him a couple monologues and he kind of has one here. Well, here's the thing. They're like, they hug after and then like freaking like, I don't even know because I think is they might be having a dialogue talking about like it once like Malcolm McDowell, which then I just started calling him Caligula. Yeah, like freaking it's like they hug and after like I guess the conversation saying that like he will be a god, like the other he'll become a god like mm-hmm. the other Caesars because like I guess these dudes that become Caesars see themselves as holier than thou beings. Yeah. There was no memento mori going on here. So now we go into a room of more nude people, which I guess this is kind of like, you know, when I was listening to a podcast, remi- like reminding me of it. What it podcast ca- did you listen to? This? I don't know. Some fucking, oh, dude, I would have to look oh, it okay, up. Okay, no worries. It, but, well, I could complain about that podcast. <laughs> fucking quick story. Fucking people who do podcasts. Learn to fucking master your shit. I was going to say, is this about Make my your quality? fucking info Make your fucking talking voices loud because literally I was getting a podcast blasting it at almost maximum volume of I would just be getting, I would be getting. So yeah, this like next scene kind of looks like a kind of a theater backdrop. Yeah, it looks like a theater backdrop. It just kind of looks like hell. And then I make a turn, turn right on High Mountain Road now. Dude, I know what you mean. I had a similar complaint. So I made it known I work for Barnes and Nobles, right? Barnes and Nobles has their own podcast. It's called the Pour. It's called Poured Out. I don't know why it's called that. But this is my company's approved podcast that they have been running for like over a year, maybe like two or three even. And this is the mic quality. I, f- I picked out a random episode because uh, Cal Penn wrote a book recently, you know, Kumar. And um, he uh, and he was on an episode and like it's not just because we're in COVID related times. This is like the usual mic quality. Let me. It's not mic quality. It's just a volume issue. And when you take things out of just the data sets and tell the stories about the people that they impact, then you connect much faster with the people. So what did you learn writing a memo? It's like, are you recording on your phone? No, no, dude, this like, that's not like fucking horrible, but like, dude, look, I might as well pull up what the fuck I like <laughs> had. I'm I can't not, remember. I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad as you and Jake, but you you guys have turned me into a microphone fiend, and not in the hip hop sense. I mean, like if I'm listening to a talk thing and I hear a microphone that that doesn't sound feng shui to my ears, I'm well, gonna bitch the thing, about it's it. It's not a microphone; it's just the post editing. It's like no one just like you know, because like there's like you want to record with a little bit of room, but then there's a point of 
they just stop when they just record it instead of like, yo, can you fucking throw on a limiter, uh-huh. throw on some compression, and fucking just make that bitch just louder? Recording Audacity is really good because I've been getting into that because I've been trying to like do like voice act, the audition stuff recently. And uh, there's a thing you can do. Uh, you can do it on Fruity Loops too, but it's way easier to do in Audacity where uh, to um, uh, for noise reduction. Basically, you do you, you do your clip, you highlight a section, which is just background noise, and then you get a sample of it. Then you apply it to the whole track and then boom, there's like none of that. There's like none of or very little of that like background buzz that you typically hear well here's the thing all right so the fucking podcast i used to fucking jog my memory of this movie because i watched it like two weeks ago is girls guts and giallo or giallo it's hosted by it literally it just says girls guts and giallo hosted by lesbian vampire annie rose (laughs) malmet sounds like my kind of content creator but no it's fucking This is my fucking. She's the wife of Macro. I'll let it play for a bit. And she's being rubbed down with cum. Oh yeah, there's that scene. We haven't gotten to that yet. Spoiler alert. Coming into a into like a giant chalice, and then she's using. But yeah, think of that quietness, and then just my fucking directions going. Turn right on Mount, on High Mountain Road now. It's like, God damn it, you fuckers with your podcast. Make that shit fucking loud. I have to crank this shit so high right now, and my instructions are just in screaming at me. Fuck you, you fucking podcasters. Fucking, also, like, edit your shit. Also, Rogan G- don't have this issue. <laughs> also, Giallo, I looked up, is the Italian term for, for mystery fiction and thrillers. Uh, it's also uh, it's a term for that, and it's also the word for yellow. So yeah, we're in a theater back. So back to this movie, we're in this theater backdrop. Oh, this place, we're... this place was fucking weird. It's it like looks a... like fucking the Christianity version of what hell looks like. It's yeah, it's a got fireish, it's... dark, freaking reddish domain. I wrote it down as a weird exhibition playroom thing. There's people on stilts. There's dudes jumping and dancing around. A lot of naked people. Um, I, I think I saw someone. With, it looked like someone had like a vagina on her stomach. It was weird. Anyway, so there's this one soldier who's uh, who's like flopping around. He's drunk or whatever. He's drunk. So uh, oh yeah, I kept calling Peter O'Toole Grandpa. <laughs> so Grandpa, I have him just as Peter. That's fair. So Peter is like, oh, this guy. I'm paraphrasing. This guy looks like he's some drunk. He, you know, what we should do. Let's get him some more wine. And he orders. No, he asks, hey, Caligula, does he seem drunk enough? Does he seem drunk? And he's like, eh, I don't know. He's fine. Hey, let's get this guy more wine. So, hey, hold this asshole up. So you drinking my fucking wine. So here's what happens. He makes the soldier take off his bootlaces. And then, like you said, he makes everybody grab him. And then they hold him. They tie the bootlace. They, they undress him. They tie the bootlaces around his cock, and then they get like a big ass chug chug funnel thing, and then just dump like a small barrel of wine right down the dude's gullet. Yeah, and I was like, God damn! So all I know is that friggin' Peter O'Toole's talking is pretty compelling. He's well, pretty yeah. awesome. Yes, yes. Surprise everybody, Peter O'Toole's. 
good actor. But then we just get shots of a fucking orgy and epic music is playing. Yeah, so... But also cut edits of Caligula's shocked face. So, like, there's also... On top of that, uh, there, there's a lot. There's that happening. There's a lot of weird toys in there too. There's a weird sex swing. There's this bicycle thing, bro. If we describe these orgies, we'll be here forever. No, I'm not describing the orgy. I'm describing the backgrounds. But then, yeah, as I wrote here, oh yeah, th- this bicycle thing. I just I need to so people know. It's one of those bicycle things where like you lay back, and there's like little tongue things in the middle and when you pedal the pedals okay maybe you get it so yeah the guy gives the order he goes like with conviction and then yeah scary orchestra music plays and the orgy happens and bro we've got this goes on for a minute we got oral there's jacking off there's shoving things in the places i think i saw one woman messing around with an eel and this goes on for two minutes maybe it feels like 20. And then would they just go back to talking like nothing happened? Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, the orgy looked like it was filmed in a completely different, like, room. It was weird. Yeah, I know. But that's this fucking movie. And I don't know what it was trying to convey. Was it trying to convey that, hey, when this guy does the or... When the, with this guy's power, snap of his fingers, these people just go nut shit? All right, go, you guys, snap a finger. Go do sex things. <laughs> And get weird for the camera. See, I'm trying to understand the story that's creating for me, but... No, you're understanding uh, what this fucking nightmare of this movie was to be made. I know. So then, yeah, like I said, they go back to talking like nothing happened. Yeah. He says, I didn't want to be emperor, but I had to. Oh, and... And he also just straight up tells Caligula, he's like, he's like... At some point, he just tells him straight up, if you weren't my grandson, someone would have probably killed you by now. It's like, okay. But then then they're walking and talking again. And you remember that drunk guy from earlier? Yeah, they bring him back up. And then Grandpa grabs a knife, and he fucking disembowels this guy. Yeah, dude. Fucking does. And it's pretty graphic too. Seventies had oh, really yeah, yeah, good dude. practical. Hold on, I just want to like just rewind just a quick minute because Peter does say like he he's like his dialogue. He's talking where I best. It just sounds like foreshadowing, as he says that he might have been like he might have been killed if he didn't kill and took the throne. Yeah. Which I guess in the story of Caligula, he killed his dad, but and like most of Caligula's family. But he just felt like Caligula might not be anything. But, bro, Peter is talking is great. But it's his voice, and then it's just sex. Yeah. Because he's, like, talking, doing dialogue, and he's just, like, bringing up that friggin', um... Hold it. I'm just, like... I'm just trying to make sure I don't jump ahead. But he does say a line that friggin', like, that foreshadows that, like, friggin', you might kill me, but then someone's gonna kill you. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's like, well, that just sounds like the life of a fucking dickhead Caesar, bro. Weeder. Yeah. So the drunk lad, he gets fucking castrated. And then now Peter stamps like bills as he also explains, I hate the Senate. Stamp. (laughs) Stamp. Whatever. Because it's also a democracy, but it's also ran by a fucking monarchy head. Yeah. Whatever. So Peter Rattol is being a dick and he's flexing his last grandson. Now he's a young lad. He's only like 12 or 14. Like Caligula. He's older. He's basically, he's the next heir to the line. Well, unless he dies. But who knows? Which, you know, brings in the paranoia of who's going to die. And they're talking. And it's like, hey, drink this wine. And Caligula's like, I don't know. I'm good. Hey, little lad, drink this wine. I don't know. I'm good. 
hey, you want to drink this wine? Yeah, yeah because, Peter? I don't know. Because hey, he the gives, random guy, drink this wine. No, because what happens is um, he gives him the wine, and then Caligula's like, I don't really feel like it. He tries to give it to the kid. Then Peter O'Toole takes the wine, and there was like, a, there was one particular like naked woman slave that was following them around this whole time. He gives the wine to her, and she drinks it, and then they start walking away. And then uh, she just dies. And then she just falls on the ground, collapses. I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, hey, look, poison wine. We can get it. These guys are paranoid dudes trying to kill each other. So we see Caligula and some lady in bed. I think that's Drusilla. It is. Yeah. As he trips on that, he might be that he might be getting killed by fucking grandpa. Yeah. But his sister says, nah, you're the only hair. Why would he do that? That'd be dumb. For reals. And then Caligula says other names, but his sister explains, like, he's naming other people that could be candidates, but his sister says, nah, he's an idiot. Nah, he's weird. Nah, he's sus. Yeah. Basically, just explaining, nah, you're, like, the only one. And then we see the omen crow that shows (laughs) up, like, three times in this movie. A crow just flies in the room, and Caligula's just like, oh, God, there's a crow. Fucking omen of death or something. Ah, no. Like, he totally trips out on the crow. Crows, imagery of crows are interesting in lore. Yeah. Like that, because they did see it as like an omen of death. So that was funny. So we see Caligula and he's having a shave because I guess he had a beard and a messenger. Yeah. The start of the movie he did. And his messenger and a messenger wife says hi. I think. Oh, no. So that general dude we saw earlier that brought Caligula, Malcolm the Peter. uh, He. So this is weird. So. So this messenger dude is macro. Yeah. I might have forgot specifically, but he gave him the message to go say what's up to Peter. Now he's rolling up to say hello is it like macros is homie who also has his wife where she comes to and says hi they all and i wrote that for something they almost boned down and then we see well yeah because i was gonna say so the way it's working in the plot is they're getting a divorce macros married to her but they're getting a divorce because i swear to god i think they said that malcolm is betrothed to her even though she's already married to macro I'm pretty sure that's how it worked Weird out. Weird marital stuff of Rome. But either way, they almost like, I guess we're about to, I don't know, for some reason I think it's like, I don't know, I guess we're about to see some people bone. But then we see Peter O'Toole roll up and he's just like being sad because some dude that he cares about has just like, is in the tub and slit his wrist. So he's dying that way. Yeah, this was the old dude that we saw um, earlier. He didn't come get uh, Malcolm to bring him to Peter, but he was an old dude that met Macro and uh, Caligula when uh, when they got to the pool house. So uh, Peter Peter's talking to him, and he's like, "No, you can't leave. You're my friend." And I was like, "You can't leave. I'm Caesar. I like order you not to leave, bro, homeboy. I slipped my wrist like long. I slipped my shit long way. Yeah, and now I'm gonna die in the jacuzzi, bro. And he's talking. I'm to- eating out of this world. Peace. <laughs> and he's talking about how he basically watched Grandpa Caesar uh, become an evil dick, and he says how he hates his life. Uh, he's so- what. Fuck y'all. <laughs> he's, he tells he tells Grandpa Caesar he's watched him kill friends and family and uh, watched him turn into a monster. He says, and he says, no matter what happens, Caligula will fuck him over. So then Grandpa's will like, well, then fuck you, then leaves. And there's a really, this is there's a really interesting uh, acted scene here where Caligula is talking to this guy as he's dying and he's asking him if if he's seen the goddess. And uh, the guy's like, oh, you're was one like, of do those you see who the leaves. He literally goes up and asks, like, because he goes up and it sees he's dying. And it's just like, friggin', do you see Isis? 
And like the dude says, no, all I see is darkness. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. And then he, and he's like, no, surely you must. He's like, no, just sleep. And he's like, liar. And then he drowns. Liar. No, he screams. Liar. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't, I, my, I didn't feel like doing that because we've, you know, my, my throat's starting to get tired. But yeah, he we screams. saved it for this movie. Well, I Pacing. thought you were going to be yelling more. Ooh, I don't think we've even gone through the first quarter of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, he's like liar and then drowns him, and that's how the scene ends. Yeah, pretty interesting. Like, yeah, pushes not even drowns him, he just pushes the corpse in the tub. It's like, fuck you then. Yeah. You can go suffocate in water. So next thing we see is uh naked slaves just waking This is a weird nothing scene for a second. Because we see a bunch of slaves or workers waking up. And then we see people lugging around horse body parts and we see naked dudes showering. And then they're like, they say something and then it looks like they turn around and they see Caligula. And then we see Malcolm McDowell giving a cold, a cold ass icy stare that I sent you a picture of. And then while horror music plays, we get some BDSM shit. I'm talking body and genital manipulation. I'm not going to repeat exactly what happened because it looks like I'm I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. And plus I, I just have a feeling that makes you uncomfortable <laughs> but i just feel like it will drag on yeah if you describe all the fucking shit i'll just i'm just gonna say this okay there's just kinky torture i know here's the thing i Let know me, there's some people that unironically would get we, off to this we could talk about no here, let me put it this way sure if we could talk about the script we could talk about in the description what these scenes are but let me remind you your mom's going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Maybe keep that to a minimum. Unless you really, really want to just go hard and describe, yeah, he got a fucking <clears throat> six-inch slong. He's getting fucking whipped to shreds by this fucking, like, nine-tailed. Like, you could do that. But I'm like, I have a feeling we can just describe it perfectly enough going, there's a BDSM kinky torture going on. I do want to highlight that it, that this one specifically was genital manip- um, um, mutilation. Yes. Because... Shock uh, yeah. value. I'm gonna go piss. <sighs> hold the hold down the fort. Okay, so unless you just want me to pause. No, you're fine. Okay, so then what happens next is um Caligula Caligula's in some room and he's talking to Macro, the general dude. And he's basically trying to uh, he's basically trying to convince Macro to like join his cause, or whatever, right? And then uh then he kisses him and professes his love to him, which as I said earlier. Uh, the homosexual themes were going to be uh, more prevalent in this movie because um, views on homosexuality in different cultures has been very different. Um, you know, I know a lot of folks think that everywhere in the world it was either unaccepted or whatever, but there was a point in time where depending where you lived, it was just a, it was a thing people did. I can't speak for the acceptance of it, but, you know, it wouldn't be much of a stretch to assume that this pretty boy, young emperor, you know, couldn't seduce a guy. I'm not going to be on. And I'm going to be honest. Young Malcolm McDowell's pretty good looking guy. So that happens. Um, but then uh they get worse. I think we then just cut to like grandpa's in bed dying. And yeah, he's just in bed. He seems dead. But then Caligula <clears throat> grabs his ring. He grabs grandpa's ring. And then grandpa's like, give back my ring. And Caligula's like, no. It's kind of funny, too, because literally he's like, give back my ring. No, because I'm going to be honest. Malcolm McDowell plays a really good bratty narcissist. And um, 
he's threatens to smash him with a mirror. Oh, this because he's about to try to smash him with a mirror. And then we get some fucking Palpatine level acting. <laughs> you do not dare. <laughs> and he's like in Caligula, not going to lie, he starts bitching out. And then freaking, but our fucking main man macro, he takes the mirror and he just fucking kills freaking Peter O'Toole. Yeah, he strangles him with Poor, something. Yeah, I think, yeah, that. Yeah, I know. He just does. He just takes the mirror down. It's like no. Nah. And then he just strangles Peter O'Toole for yeah. Caligula. And now he's the new Caesar. And he flexes his new his big ring that he just yanked off this old dude. But uh oh, Spaghettios, the grand. You do not dare. I'm not going to lie. Every time you said the word Senate, my mind immediately goes to Star Wars. And you know why? I am the Senate. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. About, the here's the thing about Peter O'Toole. Even, I, I don't know if it was the fucking hellscape scene or one of these scenes. I just know when like that podcast told me Homeboy was supposedly high as a kite, not giving a fuck. About oh yeah, he thing. was like, and he's still a class A actor. <laughs> he was. This was like debatably the worst period during his addiction times. But who <laughs> was S tier, man? Dude, he's S tier when he's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you do not dare. It's like he said it with madness and conviction and like hamminess. I'm just like, you don't fucking dare. <laughs> and like Malcolm McDowell, he's just looking like a bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, like every time, everywhere Malcolm McDowell goes in this movie, he always looked like kind of scary and unpredictable, intimidating. But when he was with his grandpa, he just turned into a little boy again. Oh my God, they're such good actors. Why were they wasted on this on the script? This mm. movie was a weird one. But, but then, uh oh, SpaghettiOs. There the was gr- like some lady that was hiding around there. No, too. it was the grandson. Was it the grandson? Yeah, that fool. Yeah, he saw it go because well, it plays I into the plot lady, later. But this grandson looks like a little girl, so he was a uh, he was very pretty. Yeah, but yes, uh, he sees it happen. But then, um, but then uh, Malcolm McDowell's like, you know, you think he's gonna kill him, but then he's like, "Don't worry, we must love each other." And then he walks him out of the room. And then we get to the funeral, and then the people seem pretty stoked that uh, Grandpa Caesar's dead. Yeah, Grandpa uh, Tobias is dead because he's kind of a fucking shithead. <laughs> he was a shithead fucking ruler because he was like kinky, weird, sadistic lad. And I'm and now Caligula, so it's like, okay, cool, we're done with the shitty guy, like shitty like figurehead. And I'm summarizing, but Caligula basically tells Rome, "Yo, let's party." Yeah, because he does a speech claiming the throne, which at first it's a little awkward. People aren't feeling convinced like you're our new guy really uh-huh some dude even just says like down with tobias or fucking i just wrote down some dude says fuck tobias yeah caligula is just like hey, hey, hey amnesty amnesty and then caligula makes them swear on his sister the council will like he also swear like for he makes him what, he makes him swear loyalty to him and to his sister. To his sister, the council was a little awkward. It's like really, a woman. <laughs> That's kind of how it was. Yeah, they're a little awkward about it. But I guess now we're in a new scene where we see where we see Caligula and his sister. They're about to bone. Yes, yeah, so but wrote they here, hear commotion that Caligula found some peeps. That's right. Okay, now I remember. <laughs> yeah, They're it's, it's brother-sister snuggle time. Yeah, brother-sister quote-unquote snuggle time in his private room, but then there's like, just, we see just a random hole in the wall. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Hey, shh, shh, goes up, 
And he just finds like some peeps and like some dudes about to get a fucking blow job. I was like, fuck you guys. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, room. It, wasn't a, it wasn't about to. It was going down. It was going down. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, so then I think, let me see here. So the next day, this was an interesting scene. Next day, the, um, uh, Caligula has a bunch of dudes lined up and he has his, uh, he has the grandson point out, who killed C? Who killed uh, Grandpa? Who killed Tobias? Yeah, and he points out that macro. Yeah, so uh, Malcolm betrays his uh, betrays his sort of kind of lover uh, out of I guess paranoia or something. It was like he makes a mockery of him and then has him like of being what was that? Yeah, points out as the main man. They make a mock. I don't know if they made a mockery of the kid or made a mockery of macro. Dude, it's been in fucking two weeks. I think it was macro. Macro just gets arrested and he goes, wait, why? I literally got you fucking Caesar position and you're doing me dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And, what up? And speaking of Mac- I'm Caesar, bitch. And speaking of Macro, uh, now we come across, we go back to his wife. Well, the first thing is we don't see his wife at first. We see well, some I dudes. Just, well, I have like a quick thing of like now Khalil's in a chamber. Khalil's mm-hmm. visited by some peeps. I guess he has to make some judgment calls oh, or I fucking, know. you know, has to do Caesar work. Mm-hmm. Quick throwaway scene. Now we meet Enna. Well, or at least we see Enna again, 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 who was Macro's wife or former wife. Yeah. And we already got spoiled by it because I was like, I whipped up the snippet of that fucking quiet podcast where... Yeah, so uh, we go in and see her, and she's just being just on by a bunch of big penis gentlemen. To be fair, they do it in a bowl, and then they uh, then they rub it on her. Yeah, which Caligula puts them on his head. Which, according to research, when he was balding in real life, there's a rumor that he did try that because it was actually a thing that some people considered helped with baldness. I don't think it helps with baldness. I'm pretty sure it doesn't help with baldness. Maybe stem cells, but I don't <laughs> think, uh, baby, I don't think freaking dude baby cream is going to help. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. Then they, so then he's talking. So they're talking, and he also just casually just pisses in there in the chamber. Yeah, that's right, because they're talking. He asks if she wants to leave Rome. He just walks over, also starts taking a leak. Fuck it, he sees her. Why not? And then they're like, freaking, she also gives news of the macro sentence of death. And Enna's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He was your friend. Yeah. He got you here. And then Caesar's oh, just. Oh, well, you're exiled. Get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, they carry, exiled. Yeah, they literally just like, all right, hey, big penis gentleman, carry her up in her fucking jizz tub and take her out of here. I'm not going to lie. I thought that's, I thought that was actually a little funny for some reason because. This movie has she, no, campy moments. Because she's on the bed and she Dude, doesn't it's a get up. bed tub. Yeah, she she's in the bed tub. She get, she doesn't move, doesn't get up, doesn't try to run away or anything. She just fucking these big these big penis men just pick her up and she's like again, she's like stuck there. She refuses to move. She's like, "Caesar, I love you." No. And she she won't leave, but she's not even moving her legs. She's just all torso movement. Just fucking hand movements because she's a lazy bitch. <laughs> Whatever, like that character, like going away, it was like fanfare. Either way, next scene, we see Caligula's talking to his sister. Really salty, they can't marry. He's like, really, like, he wants to marry, but she refuses. Like, sorry, no. 
But you gotta, but hey, let's go find you a possible suitor so you can make a child. Yeah. So now we go to a pool with a bunch of- fucking autocorrect. I wrote down, now baked women are in a pool. Oh, that's worse than mine. Look at this. Lots Kafalmost asked women in pools. So we go to a fucking temple. Lots of naked women in pools. Lots of hairy Calig- women generally. Yeah, Caligula. Yeah, Caligula's in like freaking like Caligula's in drag. He's about to choose. There's a lot, lot of women there basically fucking fondling themselves. Basically, mm-hmm. Lady Orgy. We finally see Helen Mirren. And I'm like, oh, hey, well, I wonder when she was about to show up in the film. Caligula at first, like, oh, what the hell? No, yeah, Caligula at first <laughs> chooses Helen Mirren, but her sister says, why? No, she's the most promiscuous woman here. She's like the most promiscuous woman in Rome. You might, She might be pregnant and it might not even be, even be your child. But but Caligula don't care. That turns him on. Yeah, it's a I'm fucking Caligula. You know he had a like Brett that. Michaels moment. Come on, dude. Say, hi I really want to remake Caligula and keep it the exact same, but make Caligula Brett Michaels. Because Caligula makes a lot of decisions with his penis that I think. Could you imagine? Like, imagine if this was if this was Rock of Love. He would have been. He would have been like. So, Drizella tells me that uh, Helen Mirren's character is apparently the biggest slut in Rome. And, you know, if I had a child, it might not even be mine. Well, out of all the actresses, she showed the least. Yeah. And she said, and he said, and and, and then Brett would be like, and now I know that I shouldn't think about that or that I shouldn't trust that because I could have my heart broken. But it was honestly kind of a turn on because that means she has that means she has experience. Kind of turned me on. I really want to. I think there was also scene too. He wanted to choose another lady, but she was like, "But yeah, but I was like, she's a virgin. She's a virgin. You don't like virgins. Not your style. Also, she's also getting married. Yeah." give a shit about that sure is like yeah sure whatever so he chooses her and then like he and then she goes to his chambers he does some weird kinky knife shit it looks like he cuts her slightly on the neck and like lets the licks licks the blood i think because yeah, why not yeah because fucking caligula and helen meet well has her meet him he does a knife ritual thing where i guess they rub blood they smash a little face and then they bone softcore style yeah they totally bone you guys they totally they did that they did that thing in pg-13 movies where they start to make out then the camera slowly pans away and then zooms out on like this on like the moon we just see what the fuck is this yeah we just see like helen's like fucking butt cheek and then freaking caligula just lifts up his little fucking toga thing covering all of hell mirror and then yeah he's fucking getting it uh, he's like laying pipe bro. yeah that's the thing every time he actually like quote unquote gets it on with someone he's wearing his robes and it he hides he, it hides a lot of the woman's nudity well yes it's just basically softcore style uh so that happens right and then the next, the day, next thing we know we cut to the next day where we see this is one of the more famous pieces of imagery from the movie an advancing wall of death with spinny blades on it. Well, there's a couple gentlemen buried in the ground, just only at their head up above the up above the soil. And these giant blades of death are coming, and we see poor back row and like a crowd of people throwing fruit and vegetables to these people to their deaths. 
I don't know if this is historically accurate. I don't know, but it's kind of a good scene. It's, it's, a good one, it's one of the legendary ones, plus, uh, plus... It's a good way to fucking burn Bob Guccione's fucking money on this elaborate set piece. Uh, plus, uh, it has one of the... You heard it in the trailer. It has one of the great lines from Malcolm McDowell. If only all of Rome only had one neck. There's also how the like the scene also awkwardly just keeps up on his face as he's just randomly killing and just throwing random shit. Just going, ha ah. Oh, oh, <laughs> I think in the filming this movie, they realized, hey, Malcolm McDowell makes great faces. Can we just film him as much as possible? Yeah. Okay, so that happens. Um, poor Macro dies. And then we see him talking to his sister. And he's like, I'll only marry Helen Mirren when she when she bears me a son. She says, this was a funny line. She says, how will you know it's yours? What if it's one of the guards? And then he says, they're all, he says, I'm going to try to do just like, <clears throat> they're all homosexual and castrated. It's like, I guess that works. Okay. And then he sees the virgin lady that he wanted to pick and her husband to be. And he's like, he tells the creepy lad, I guess there's some creepy lad something. Is this creepy lad the bald fucker? Uh, Has that dude showed up yet? Are you talking about a, oh, Longinus? Yeah, Longinus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's here by now. I think he was here already, but now is when he actually Just comes into my the notes. plot. But either way, what matters is that he sees the virgin lady and her husband. Now we're at some party. And just fucking, we see a massive penis cake. Was that a penis cake? Yes. Okay, because I thought it was. That was a penis cake and vagina cake. Okay. And I guess he has Helen and the Virgin hanging out there. So then we see Caligula. He takes the Virgin off and away. And in fr- and it also takes with her, her husband. husband with him. Yeah, with her husband too. And okay. then literally, I'll let you describe this. Okay, listen. There's a lot of infamous shit in this movie. I am going to go, I'm going to risk going so far as to say this is single-handedly the most infamous scene in the movie. You could argue there's something that happens later to this guy that is debatably worse, but this whole scene is insanity. So the whole gimmick is, yes, She's a virgin. And then I'm not going to mince words. I'm just going to cut to the tape, the chase. He makes her strip down, lie on the table. And then he, 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 he rapes her. He takes her virginity. He doesn't even like actually do her. He just takes the virginity. And then the whole time he's like taunting. He's like, he's, he's, taunting he's, he's, the he's husband. like tell, telling the husband, he's like, open your eyes. And then like, you know, after the deed's done, he 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 brings he had- a hand down, puts a blade. He's like, oh, so she was a virgin. And then he says something to the guy where he's like, well, now nah, something about fairness and the no law- only fairness. He has him come over. I don't know if he was already stripped down. But no, he way, made him strip down. He makes him strip down, and then he just ramps his fucking hand up this dude's asshole. Well, now you're not a virgin either. Yeah. In all fairness, now historically, I was watching some infographic video where. Supposedly, the Caligula did infamously do that. Most of the time, he would just randomly just take dudes' wives, guards' wives, and just fucking do what he do what he ever wanted. Just his thing. The buildup to that is so horrifying because he makes him take his clothes off. He rubs like cream on the guy on his hand, and then yeah, he does it. And then 
again in one of the more famous bits from this infamous scene after he does his speech he pricks a little flower off of his crown and then sticks it just right on top of the guy's butt there which that was improv the little flower thing that's something malcolm mcdowell came up up on his own isn't that isn't that isn't that, isn't that quirky and interesting also apparently originally malcolm mcdowell they actually wanted him to straight up like do what he did to the lady but Malcolm McDowell didn't want to do that. And apparently he came up with the fisting thing because that was a better alternative somehow. It's a more shocking alternative. Oh, it's shocking. Jesus Christ. It's this fucking movie. I'm not going to lie. This didn't make me feel sick, but I felt dirty. Either way, now we then shot to a now a stormy night and a Caligula just bounces out as he's like, yeah, because it. It's a stormy random night. Caligula bounces out because he just sees a random fucking dude and he's just tripping it out in the rain because he goes like, hey, the grandson's gonna fucking kill me. God damn it. Ah, this is... This Caesar shit makes me so paranoid. Yeah, he's just running around naked and shit, nude in yeah, the rain. Yeah, in the rain. This is where I'm telling you. We saw we saw his junk. Fuck, I can't remember because they only... like Out of all this movie of repeated penises, <laughs> they kind of just blend in. Yeah, that's fair. At points, it just... There's also dumb. It's like, Why? But I was like, Bob Guccione, you piece of shit. Okay, so then, remember that peephole from earlier? Yeah, yeah well, he, basically, he's running out in the rain, but Drusilla and Helen Mary come out. They, like, comfort him. He's like, hey, 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 no, 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 no. You're not going to die. Everything's going to be good. Let's romance. So it's like, hey, they basically give him a comfort threesome. But in the peephole, we see two ladies as, oh, hey, Emperor's getting fucking down. Why don't we get the fuck down? This is just porn. Yes. They're like, the ladies have like explicit, like, like you could tell that for this scene, Bob had someone that filmed for Penthouse or knew how to film these type of things filming because yeah, that was, uh, that that was that was shot like that and uh it goes on for a while it's not the longest one of these scenes to go on but it got to the point to where i'm just like we're like i'm looking down i'm writing notes i'm like okay i look up i'm like okay write a few more notes and then it's like okay they're still going i opened up the phone went on ao3 with skimming some fan fiction and i'm like oh they're still doing it okay but yeah literally (laughs) so we see like like simulated like sexual stuff, or at least implied that, hey, Caligula's about to have a threesome, and then we just switch to pornographic scenes of two ladies just fucking getting it on. Yeah. Because Ravicioni. So, yeah, no, this is just like, one was like, God, and this was just uh, for a minute. Yeah. For a fucking minute. But then we see Caligula rides a horse into some room, just inside a building, and he says he wants to be king of the Republic. Yeah. And then he starts harassing the fucking the young grandson and accusing him of thinking Caligula was going to poison him. Yeah, because I guess he wasn't feeling well, so he took some medicine, but Caligula smelled the medicine. He's like, well, and he basically says, well, why would you take the medicine unless you think I was going to poison you? Treason! And then, yeah, he yeah. he sentences, he sentences the grandkid to death, kind of anticlimactically. And the sister isn't stoked on it. It's like, dude, why are you doing that? That's not cool. You're acting like an amateur. I'm an amateur. Oh my God, that's right. She says... Amateur. He goes, amateur. Yeah, just fucking slaps her. Oh, she goes down in one hit. I was like, I was like, damn, dude. That was a New Japan slap. So she goes down. And then she's like, no, 
I don't like this. Fuck you. I'm out of here. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then he, then he starts munching on like not poison food. Yeah, he's like, it's not even poison. But then he starts, he starts pretending, he starts choking. He's like, oh, oh. but then he's like, ah, psych. He doesn't say psych, but his body language yeah. communicates it. And then everyone's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. ah, ha, ha, this fucking guy. Then nothing for a while. Yeah, well, it's yeah, nothing happens. We see Caligula, he makes Helen friggin' dance, and then he's showered by women, but then intensely is watching Helen dance. And Malcolm is fun with, like, and I just wrote down Malcolm's fun when he's being crazy. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah, whatever. Caligula's just then going around, just fucking flexing his horse, because, and then friggin', but then we see he vomits. Which that, was, that was real vomit, apparently, by the way. Yeah, I guess so. And then we see Caligula, he's in bed and sweating, but also his horse is in bed yeah, with him. Yeah, his horse is in the bed, and like, remember what we were saying about camp? That made me laugh. Like, I <laughs> thought that was funny. They didn't try to do some fucked up shit, like imply he was fucking the horse. No, it's just homeboy's horse was in bed with him. Hey, the, hor- the horse fucking Because he mattered. loved his horse. Yeah, but either way, he's fucking feeling sick. His sister appears to come for him, and then Heather, then Helen then goes find Longinus, and then freaking, he's just like, freaking... And she, well, she goes to see Long, find Longinus, but she can hear like some conspiracies of Longinus and other people because he doesn't care for him. I don't know if Longinus is like the voice for the Senate, whatever. He's a political figure. Yeah, for they him. never really said. I don't remember where he was historically. Let me look his name up. Yeah, historically. But either way, she hears conspiracy, but then eventually she goes talks up to him, and then freaking Caligula is just in bed making his like will. Because he thinks he's going to die. He apologizes to his sister for his, like, acts earlier. And then some dude just, like, says, like, you know what? I would give my life to the goddess Jupiter to save our great Caesar Caligula. And then Caligula's like, I accept the offering. Go execute him. And he's like, wait, what? And then they're like, oh, my God, your fever is lifting. And I wrote down, damn, I guess that worked. <laughs> also, apparently Longinus is the name given to the unnamed Roman soldier who pierced the side of Jesus with a lance. Okay, then. Uh-huh. Well, anyway. Uh-huh. But either way, Caligula then goes and stamps paperwork. He hates stamping paperwork. Yeah, because every time he and does- And it's a fat stack. And this was, again, a funny scene, because every time he does, he says, he says something along the lines of, like, um, in the name in the name of the Senate and the people of Rome, stamp. And he does another one, stamp. And then, and then he, like, actually, like, looks at the big stack of papers and, like- and like moves around, sees a fast tax. So he's like, "There's other people in Rome. There's other people in Rome." And then, he's, and then he full on starts mumbling like that. Rome, 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 bop, bop, bop. Then he pauses, looks around, and the name of the Senate and the people of Rome. That's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> Either way, then he's like, "Okay, fuck this. I'm not. Act- I don't want to do this actual Caesar shit. I'm gonna take but this handball and then go fucking fuck off." Now, now we see Caligula is with the Virgin Lad again, and he's hanging around. <sighs> Now I know. Sorry, I'm just going off my notes. This is the scene where he's get fucking taking that like soldier who was like you know married to the virgin lady. Yeah, and he's basically torturing him. This is the scene where I said this is debatably worse than the scene earlier. Like he's hanging, he's like hanging off something. I don't know what. He's calling him a traitor for basically being a boy scout. Yeah, he yeah he it's says like, you're a virgin. It's like you are a virgin. It's like why am I being treated like this like Lord Caligula? Because you are a virgin, and that's a sign of a bad Roman. Yeah, yeah, he, you're yeah, being too yeah. much of a Boy Scout. Yeah, he says you're an honest man, which makes you a bad Roman. So then, um, he's just stripped, is castrated, and tortured to death. Yeah, 
And then I'm God not gonna fucking damn it, bro. I'm not gonna describe. There's two women there. I could I will describe it. Okay. How quick. I totally forgot about this because I remember it was like, oh yeah, he castrated and died. We see two women, then go born, then go bone the corpse. Then these women piss on the corpse, and then we see the penis get sliced off and fed to dogs. Well, since you said it for me, yeah, I this scene made me nauseous. I was more just like Rob Guccione, you edgelord piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck. You. This felt more like Rob Black. Ah! This felt more like a Rob Black production. Oh, now. Dude, come on! You know, Penthouse was the edgy nudie f- magazine. Yeah, you never saw this kind of bullshit from Hustler. Who knows? Maybe I don't even know. But I just was like Larry Flint. I just was like, "Fuck you, Bob Guccione." I know that's a fucking you decision. Oh no, that's not. Oh, and the thing is, people, we see her do the urination, hey. and it's oh, hey. That trailer said one of the most controversial films. I came and going, I know there's going to be some controversial shit that's going to piss me off. I wasn't going to be like gross. I wasn't going in like, oh, I'm just going to be gross and disgusted. I just know I'm just going to be pit. I was just more like getting more angry. I'm just like, why? The scene offended that me. That was just excessive bullshit. The scene offended me. I, I think is the right I'm word like here. Tr- I'm like, oh my God, I'm just triggered right now. I'm fucking just triggered. <laughs> it's stupid though, as well. And it's just... And then we see, oh yeah, yeah. But then yeah. the next scene, we see Caligula, a fucking crow pops up again. And he is like, oh no, God damn it, the crow. Oh God, something bad's, not, something bad's about to happen. Now we're seeing a birthing ritual. Yeah, a public birthing ritual. Where we they- see a fucking baby's head, like the fucking like that shit. A head popped out out of a lady's freaking like vagina. I almost wonder if they actually had a real pregnant woman. I don't know, but or they how- fucking decided to fucking throw a something like that in this goddamn movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Childbirth hey, is... Hey, let's just fucking show off the miracle of childbirth. Childbirth is not the worst thing you could see. I'm going to be... I just watched a guy... I just watched it two women... gnarly. Yes, it is. I But also, I just watched two women piss on a dude's corpse and dogs eat his dick. This... The childbirth scene affected me not at all. Either way, the fucking baby pops out and it's a girl. And Caligula's like, lol, no, this is a boy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Because like, before the baby gets her, he's like, welcome my son. She's like, it's a daughter. What? It's a daughter. Welcome, my son. <laughs> it was funny. Here's the thing. Caligula's pretty insane. Yeah. Historically, like, right when he had that fever and shit, historically, his first year rule wasn't too bad. Yeah. But once he hit the fever, he went down the fucking just, like, crazy path. The rumor is... And I'm sure he's also got fucking pent up, like, abu- like freaking PTSD abuse yeah. from, like, freaking Tobi- Tobias or Tobiscuit. Uh, yeah, no, Tobias. From his fucking uh, sadis- his freaking, uh, sadism and fucking all his sexual kinky shit. The rumor is that he had syphilis. I think, which is known to uh, sometimes leave permanent brain damage on people when it affects you. So, yeah, that's probably right. He was already the movie shows he was already pretty nuts, though. So, well, yeah, but historically, that's what I've been that told. Is, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but I'm sure there's also, you know, pent up fucking like, you know, mental like implantation from fucking his like grant, his fucking inherent grandpa. Doing his weird kinky bullshit. Gee, too. It sure would have been. It sure would have been nice if the movie could have explored those themes. But no, we oh. have. We had to get fucking necrophiliac piss kink. 
Well, they kind of showed this kid. They kind of showed that shit because, hey, young Caligula in the beginning of the movie, he didn't seem too much of a offender. He just wanted to romance with his sister. Yeah, he was kind of a dude. He was, yeah, he, but then he, he rolls like up, a jock. Yeah, but then he rolls up the Peter O'Toole's fucking like hellscape freaking um, Broadway play of sex and filth and fire yeah. and just, yeah, that shit. So, in a sense, it's like, well, they kind of showed it. Did they full on like just described it to you? No, but you kind of just watch and it's like, I, yeah, no, this fucking Peter O'Toole's character, Tobias, is kind of a wacky motherfucker. See, that's the thing. It's like, I thought I thought the movie was going to be like, I think the movie was supposed to be a thing of like, like how power leads you to fall into depravity and how easy it is and like God complexes and blah, 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 blah. And they touch on it, but they don't yes touch on it no. enough. Here's the thing. They could touch on that, but instead they rather just do shocking pornographic shit instead. Yeah. For fucking reals. But then it's like, oh, hey. Yeah, no, but back to the movie. Caligula's freaking daughter's born. But then we see Drusilla. She drops. As now she's got a fever. And then, like, freaking we just see Caligula. He's just begging to the goddess Isis to save his sister. But no, Drusilla dies. Big sad. I was a little bummed-ish because... Here's the thing, like, her character literally was kind of like, you know, a solid foundation. Yeah. A make it Caligula a little bit normal. Yeah. Some morality to him. No, she's dead now, so fuck it, he's off the and fucking she wasn't, rockers. And she wasn't, like, a bad person either. Like, from what we see in the movie, she doesn't do anything too bad or sus. No, it's fucking Caligula is fucking wacky as hell. Yeah. Not even... No, Helen Mirren's character is even a fucking saint, is, a, is like a saint too, but Caligula's just like, ah, fuck it, I'm off on the walkers. But anyway, big sad, Helen rolls up, and then, like, freaking, she just then bounces, because she knows, like, hey, let's have Caligula have a moment fondling his dead sister okay so listen i think i can't believe i'm trying to give this movie credit i think what was trying to be communicated to me through the movie and through this scene caligula is not an infant is not an infantilized person but you could make the argument that in the movie they were trying to give off that he was kind of a bit of a spoiled man child and his sister who they're close in age always being there for him and basically you know hugging him kiss him tell him everything's gonna be all right um, I think he had other delusions on top of the God delusions that he, he saw himself as. So when I see him fondling his sister and trying to kiss her all up and down, I think the story they were trying to tell was he doesn't know how to cope and he's trying to like wake her up. Yeah. Type of thing. Because he thinks he's a God and he might... Sorry, he thinks that he's a god and he might have the ability to freaking like <clears throat> if he like is able to touch his sister around, she might come back to life. Yeah. Spoiler, she doesn't. She's fucking dead as a doornail. And maybe I would have been moved by this scene, but I'm still kind of pissed off at the last half hour of the movie. So I'm like, I know you're trying to do something compelling here, but I'm sorry. I'm kind of not for it right now. Whatever. He then like orders everyone to get the fuck out. He then goes up to the Isis statue. He's just cursing at it. It's like, why didn't you listen to my prayers? I am Caesar. I am God. Fuck you. Why didn't you fucking let me, Why did you let my sister die? Fuck you, statue. I will break it now. He just breaks the statue. He Tommy Wiseau's the room and smashes it on a table. A little bit more compelling because he's Michael, Malcolm McDonald. Well, yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, he's an actual actor. 
So then and after oh, this, no, yeah, this is the part where yeah, Caligula strips his dead sister and kisses all over her body, and then he, he, like, he just carries, carries her all around the room. Yeah, he just carries her off somewhere, and then quick flashes of the opening scene when they were just young, flocking, just roaming around, just like hip scop, just hop scopping around the fucking woods, and then just ends with him screaming to the heavens. Yeah. Now, what seems like the normal streets of Rome, because we've been mostly in these elaborate, like freaking palace-like freaking settings. We just see Caligula's just roaming, looking like a piece of shit. Also, a law that's been set in place for fucking public mourning. So that means no one of all of Rome will have will do sexual acts for a month and another like shit too. He said they're not allowed to do that or to like basically have fun, like no dancing, no music. You know, public mourning, mandatory mourning for a month. Either way. Then we see fucking, like, we see some, like, Caligula's, like, harassing some street people. And then there's a fucking performance. There's also penis statues there, too. Because fuck you, Rob Guccione. Yeah, why were there so many penis statues? I don't know. Why were there penis cakes? Because this movie was done by friggin' uh, Penthouse Film International. Uh, I guess. That's my only description. Why is it, if you ask me the question in this movie, why was there so much penis shit? And I would tell you... Rob Guccione, Penthouse Films. And no, honestly, don't get me wrong. I can get why there'd be penises because it's Rome. And a lot of dudes walked around mostly, if not all naked back then. My issue isn't with that. My issue is why is there specifically a lot of penis cakes and statues? Oh, Rob Guccione. Guccione. Okay, okay. Well, still, it pisses me off. Oh, yeah, I know. It fucking They does. stand out like a sore freaking thumb. You've got all these elaborate sets, actors, and costumes, and some of the actors are actually, like, trying to tell you a story, and then it's just, <laughs> fuck you, we got penis statue. Yeah, so now there's a street performance as they're basically, like, they start making a human triangle showing the social structure of Rome, but then we see a wacky lady. She's portraying the... The dead, like portraying Drusilla, and basically freaking just go like, "Oh, look at me! I'm Drusilla. I'm in love with the oh, oh Caligula is so in love with me." Caligula's like, "Fuck you guys, you yeah. piece of shit! Don't talk shit on my dead sister. Fuck y'all!" And he goes up, he shoves the fucking human triangle over, and then and like, I just went I couldn't tell what happened next. It was kind of fucking dark. Then in the he's unconscious. Then he's in a cage. I just think, and then I, he's in jail. I sort of I think some people kicked the shit out of him because he just went up and fucking knocked over a human triangle. And yeah. like, you know, performers go like, why the fuck you doing this? Fuck you, guy. Bam, boom, 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 bam. Beats the shit out of him. And then, yeah, we just see him on a prison, on a fucking prison transport. Then we see Helen wondering, hey, where Caligula is. Then we shot to a fucking jail and some fucking naked lady that I guess is being fucking tortured or getting kinked on. One of the two. One of the two. And then Caligula just wakes up. Naked lady, yeah. Oh, fucking god damn it. <laughs> that naked lady is getting her pubes pulled. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm like being descriptive. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're fucking like, I'm sorry for like laying the rules down. I don't know. I just have that there. That's all that her fucking torture is. It's like, fuck you. God damn it. To be fair, that would hurt a lot. Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, that would suck. Sorry. I didn't mean like whatever. Caligula then does a magic trick on the prison guard. Yeah, for this whole scene in the jail. Hey, I'm Chris Angel, bro. Check this shit. For this scene, all I have is then he's in a jail. Then he does crotch magic tricks. Yeah. And then next we see Caligula roll back up in the palace. And then he's just in the palace again. I'm like, what the fuck? 
Well, he's fucking, you know, the fucking Caesar yeah, Emperor he's fucking Rome. Caligula. You make it seem like he can't just roll up back in the palace. But he was explicitly in a jail. They didn't even show him breaking out or something. I don't know. You would think he'd just show the guards, hey, I'm your fucking emperor. Let me the fuck out. I guess. So he gets so he gets to the palace, goes. He just then rolls up the Fuck y'all, I'm a god. Yeah, and he's like He didn't even just make sheep noises. Yeah, he goes, uh, the month of mourning's over, and he goes, say I, I, and then he goes, Mah. Mah. Then the whole crowd of people go, meh, meh. It's like, this is funny. And then this is when everyone's like, he's mad. He's going mad. Yeah, Long Giants is yelling, he's gone mad. All right, fuck y'all. I'm dropping this giant tarp on everyone. Ha, ha, ha. And then we just see also people getting whipped. Yeah. As this tarp's just dropping on them, I'm like, okay, I get it. Caligula's a mad lad. Then we see Helen give Caligula a sword and they kiss. Yeah. He makes Long Giants appear and then asks, hey, who are some of the richest people in Rome? The pimps. And then I forgot the other ones. It was like, he's, he said something like, who are the biggest whores? And it's the Senate's wife. So his idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, who are the richest people? The pimps. Now, who are the biggest whores? The Senate's, like the wives of the Senate. So his idea is, let's create a big giant fuck you government brothel, I guess. Right. I'm cracking open a cold one. Shit's about to get real. And then he gives the people of Rome the biggest orgy known to man. Ugh. Now here's now let me say something about this orgy. It went on for so long, and I got I fell asleep. <laughs> I actually, I'm not kidding. If you don't believe me, I get it. I fell asleep during this orgy. It was so boring, so excessive, so everything negative that I just I was laying down while I was watching. I just passed out. I did, of course, rewind it to see what I missed. One, I didn't miss much. And two, this fucking thing went on forever. So when I said there's a, you, when like you said, when I said you didn't get to the worst scene, this was the worst part of the movie. Oh, this is what you meant? I thought you meant the dude getting his dick lopped off. Oh, fuck, dude. At least that was a fucking, like, flash of time. Yeah. This went on for fucking ever. I was so annoyed. I'm like, when will this fucking end? I get it. The scene was that, like, we show this fucking, there's a boat. It, we have a fucking big old boat in a fucking, like, room. And they set up a fucking brothel. And, like, it's just all the Senate's wives. Why? Because Caligula fucking hates the Senate. Because, like, one, you know, they're like, hey, we need to do actual governing for our fucking citizens. And Caligula's like, fuck you, no. You can't tell me what to do. Fuck you, you motherfuckers. You guys are always pissing me off. Fuck it. I'm making all your wives a fucking part of my, like, massive brothel. And then we just hear them going around talking, telling everyone, come on, come on. I'll have all the sex you want. And we see this big elaborate orgy. But it just fucking keeps going. And it's fucking going. Let me so let me look at my fucking notes. If I can fucking find it. Ah, I'm so goddamn... This, this part pissed me off so much. Because it was so excessive. And they, I like, focused on. on one fucking schlong getting a fucking blowjob. To the point of finish. It was a fucking money shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we walk into what I guess is Caligula's new super brothel, 
sex stuff. Then there's a boat there. I think that's the brothel. I guess the women are married to the senators. More sex stuff, mostly cocks getting sucked. Sex boat. Well, I a quick wiki read, and he's doing this because he hates the Senate and Longinus. This goes on for fucking minutes on end. Caligula's Caligula bothers Longinus as the but fucking the audio is trash. Like he's like fucking trying to like antagonize Longinus, but the fucking just the this is the moment where they like decided like, hey, what's the audio come out? We can't hear shit. And this is just fun fucking song for fucking minutes on end. I was like if you want to say this was for more of the porno scene, sure. But this is after two fucking hours of the movie. Of all these short bits. Why did this have to go so fucking long? Fuck you, Rob Guccione, you piece of shit. I hated this scene so much. I hated it I too. wanted to quit this fucking... I, I refuse. This is for the podcast. I'll stay strong. But god damn it, this fucking scene pissed me off so much. I get it. There's some other shocking shit, but that shit was quick. This went on for fucking ever. This, I was like, this movie's two and a half hours long, and this eats up so much fucking time. Fuck you. Fuck this scene. Fuck. That was the moment I was like, fuck this movie. This, I literally was like, uh, spoiler alert. I, this is movie. The best way to describe it, it's like a good movie, but it's also a bad movie. And this is one of the scenes that made it a fucking atrocious ass movie. I was so fucking furious. Yeah, I was too. Especially because as as um, I already kind of did my rant uh, throughout, but it's because, like I told you, I really saw moments of this film where I saw what. They were trying to do, and, then you can and see, there's some good stuff. And it's like, hey, this kind of makes it a cult classic. But this fucking scene was so fucking excessive. It's like five minutes. I get it. You want to fuck to fuck maybe even ten. It feels like ten. It feels like fucking ten. But literally, it was like, okay, I get it. You want it, you hate the Senate. Why the fuck did I have to look that up? I couldn't figure out what the fuck's going on. We just got fucking rampant orgy fucking bullshit. I was so I was like. I was just so mad at that goddamn scene. Yeah, I was a little less upset because I've been upset throughout the you movie. You fell asleep. <laughs> it was boring. That also doesn't help, too. This was so fucking boring. I was like, I'd rather do so many other things with my life right now. Fuck you. I could have been playing Elden Ring. I could have been, I could have been doing other things. I could have been... There's literally an there's literally an eight hour video. And it's literally like there's a point where it's like if just anyone you could just skip through this unless you just thought the scene's hot. I don't think the scene was hot. I thought the scene sucked. My my jimmies were not rustled at this scene. I was just I was just fucking and getting infuriated and bored. And if I had the power of hindsight, I would have just skipped this scene all at once. There was no plot. There was no purpose. Yes. No plot. No purpose. Well, the plot well, the plot was, oh, hey, he's fucking with the senator's wives. But I had to go look that fucking up. <laughs> All I got was a fucking slog for a fucking minutes on end. I think uh, I think that uh, I think that one schlong had more screen time than Caligula's uncle or kid. Okay, that, that schlong might have had more screen time than Macro. Oh no! Wait, wait, no, not literally. Wait, his but, uncle or t- you? You mean Tobias? No, that's a no. That was his no. Uh, I thought uncle. Uh, his uncle was like the the old fat guy. I thought. Oh yeah, there is an old. Fa- Are you talking about the one that did, like died in the tub? 
No, not that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's an old fat guy that actually matters in the plot later. He doesn't really do much. The only thing is that Caligula just doesn't kill him, and he just kind of farts around. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. You're just dumb fat fuck. Who cares? Point is, this scene's awful, and it makes a movie that could have been good despite all the other shit. Like, if this scene wasn't in here, I could still be like, you know, movie was fine. You could but just- this scene single-handedly, to me, makes this movie bad. Yes, I'm. I'm. I feel kind of bad see, saying now. It. You get see. This is why I thought this was the worst scene. Yeah, I can is see that. Is it the that. most contra- Like, is it the most shocking thing? I get it. You got fucking bothered by dude getting song cut off and women pissing on the chorus. But I'm like, I think that bother a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that will bother a lot of people. But we are. But this movie's established a lot of fucking just dumb, gross, filthy shit. So I was like, true. Whatever. What do you suspect? How else was he gonna die? Poison? <laughs> is he just gonna drink wine and it's like, all right, dead corpse? No, of course he's gonna get some elaborate, stupid ass death. True. This fucking scene just ruined the movie. Yeah, no, it did. It completely did. Uh, I That's why I hated that scene. I couldn't add anything more. Uh, I mean, I could nitpick more, but you, you, you basically hit the nail on the head. <sighs> Let's move on. Like, if this this scene was maybe a reason you could call it a porno. Yeah. Like, obviously, anything else kind of blurs the line yeah. or at least blurs the line up it's kind of shitty in saying that's a it's, porno because it's also trying to be an actual movie this one scene is the one thing that's a definite definitively you could say is a pornographic scene and i guess if you wanted to try you could say but oh well this is supposed to be a reflection of when caligula's grandpa earlier in the movie gave everyone the command and there was an orgy there Except that's almost sort of service the plot. And then in the plot, also, you could also say, as like, hey, I hate the Senate. Yeah. I'm going to fucking take their wives and make a brothel out of them because fuck the Senate. And instead, we, it's like, I get it. If you could just say that, just be quick, quick couple things, sure. But the scene went on for fucking ever. It was so fucking boring. It wasn't a hot scene. No. It was just like, I hate you fucking god alright now we're on the fucking last like after that scene it's basically that like the movie's just like working it's way out of here god cause I just wrote down finally a new scene by a lake and I guess it's a battlefield and we see Caligula he plans on invading Britain but people are like well Britain's across this giant ass lake yeah I like I don't know if we can really get over there also naked soldiers yeah they're just there they're you just been- there. They're just naked because they can be. Yeah, that's it. They do you know why they're naked? Because fuck you, that's why. That's what this movie's saying. Oh, yeah, you see these naked soldiers? They're on screen because fuck you. We had a five-minute, ten-minute orgy because fuck you. Yeah, that's what this felt let's like. Let's just have impractical nude men with spears. I'm like, I don't think in battle that helps. You are doing well with all... Like, here's the thing. When they represented any, like, soldiers, guards... You know, they actually had armor on them. But this is like, hey, we're going to go invade Britain with mm-hmm. naked men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was maybe it could have been funny except we were all, you would have you were we were already pissed off. So, fuck I it. literally wrote down finally new scene of a lake in a battlefield. They're planning to invade Britain. They want to destroy papyrus plants, I guess. Naked soldiers Fuck you, Rob. Laughing Caligula. What a fucking con- with a con. Yeah, laughing Caligula with a conch shell. I guess he like wants to evade Britain, but he's kind of crazy. But he's like, uh-huh. I don't know. Naked gentlemen, go fucking chop down a bunch of papyrus trees, and we'll come back and say we like invaded Britain. 
That's literally what that scene was. Because then next we see him riding in a horse with him saying, I've conquered Britain. And then he brings in the papayas plants. Helen says they hate him. The people or whoever, the Senate, I don't know who hates him. He doesn't care. Well, more sex stuff with Caligula. And then out of nowhere, we just have him yell in the fucking trailer. My voice is pretty wrecked, but I'll try. Crawl! Crawl! I hate them! I'm like, which is still a pretty awesome scene. No, it's good. I was like, out of nowhere, he's just yelling at us like, Malcolm McDowell's pretty awesome, and now my voice is gone. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where the fuck I'm at. Oh, it, aren't we at the scene now where he's going up the stairs? Well, it's like, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Fucking, I'm trying to see. Because he yells him. Then he decides to, like, seize the... Fi- I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to seize the failed Senate's estates. And I'm going to arrest the Senate's, too. Because fuck them. Yeah. And then he confronts Longinus about his conspiracies. And Longinus is, I don't know. He just deflects off him, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then we see conspiracies for Caligula's death with Longinus and other people. Yeah. Then we see Caligula. He walks up and meets up with Helen, which I got like she see. Uh, she tells him, "Hey, maybe you should get some sleep." He also feels like he's going bald, which in reality, yeah, fucking Malcolm Dahl is balding. Yeah, yeah. And then we see our last crow scene, an omen. Helen is screaming, but fucking Caligula knows at this point. Yeah, what's new? Okay, what's the next bad thing that happens? And then we just see outside. We see a play with Caligula and... Yeah, no, we just see them. Caligula and Helen, they're doing a play. They're going entertain to the, entertain the people of Rome. But they're rehearsing. And his daughter appears. And then peeps walk up. And then Caligula's like, hey, I'm going to go run up the stairs. And then we see in the scene in the trailer, he like goes up to the dude. And he's like, hey, password? He says fucking something. And a dude just goes, bonks him on the head with a plastic sword. Uh, I was like... Yeah, this is the scene where um, this is the scene where uh, we get the demise of Caligula. So he gets hit on the head with the butt of a sword. Helen Mirren gets stabbed, and then the they, child gets stabbed. Oh, they don't stab the child. They take the child and they slam its fucking head onto the stairs. Now, to be fair, I thought the child it, just got stabbed. Sorry. No, no, no. They took the. I'm kid, pretty. I'm pretty. Bo- I'm pretty strained. They after, took like, the kid out of the arms of a servant, and the next DC just bam. They, 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 they smacked it on the stairs. And I wrote down. I think he's dead, lads. And then we see this fat, the fat lad Claudius. They just throw the fucking the like the ring and the like the fucking thing on top of his head. It's like, all right, Claudius, you're Caesar now. All hails, all hail, all hail Cla- Claudius. Yeah, yeah. Caligula's corpse is just carried away and it's just dropped down the stairs. His horse just mobs out and then a shot of like Malcolm's dead face credits roll. Anything you want else to say to that scene? So, um, I think the scene's pretty good. I feel like they could have done a little more build up for actually setting up the murder of him. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, no, not after that <laughs> fucking slong fucking scene. Yeah, I imagine I think, that the death was just going to be anticlimactic because the movie was just a fuck you that yeah. anyone actually cared. I thought there should have been a little more gravitas. Um, 
apparently, historically speaking, his wife and kid didn't actually get killed then. They got killed later. But I thought the death scene was fine. Malcolm McDowell played it up. And no, the scene's good. And when the credits roll, the first thing I thought of, I was like, huh. The ending kind of reminds me of Scarface in a way. Because at the end of that movie, the protagonist gets killed and then quote, fall, quote, falls protagonist. Yeah. Falls down that, some that stairs. That's more like a main unquote, character. Falls down some stairs, quote unquote. And then the credits roll over his dead body. Um, yeah. That's what I could say about that. Uh, what can I say about uh, the movie as a whole? Oh, two. Uh, I hope you're better not be talking shit on Tony Montana's death. That's no, actually no, sick. no. I'm talking about Caligula. What can I say? Rest about Caligula. Uh, I got three words for Caligula. Fuck this movie. You had there was real potential, artistic intent, and merit in here. And you know what's funny? This isn't even Bob Guccione's first film he's funded. He provided funding for Roman Polanski's classic, who, yeah, Roman Polanski's a piece of shit, but he funded fucking Chinatown, which was a, which is a, which is a great, like, old classic movie from, like, 74. And, like... Was that just a normal movie? Well, yeah, but it was, well, it was kind of an intense one. Okay, the plot's intense, but there was no, there was no five-minute fucking orgy scene. Okay. There was no unnecessary cunnilingus going on between two women. <sighs> there was real intent and just things in here. And you can see it when you're watching this movie. There's not a bad actor in this movie. That's no one thing. in this movie is a bad actor. No one does a bad job acting. No one's doing a bad job anything. The sets are good. The plot is solid. Like, beep, like if you looked at the general outline of it, it's solid. The idea is solid. The sets are all, the sets and costumes, it's all there. But there was so much shit holding it back. It's not even just the sex. It's not even just the violence. There's just other things. And also, apparently... Bob Guccione's sex scenes fucked up the continuity because all the other sh because the shit that he made them film fucked with the continuity of the movie. So there's some scenes that are out of place where they shouldn't be. So if you actually know the history of Caligula, this movie makes no sense because there's stuff happening in spots chronologically where they either should have happened earlier or later. But you know, but, but, but it doesn't even matter because you know why? Because fuck you. This movie the whole time felt like it was sticking a middle finger in my face being like, oh yeah, you want to get invested in this in, in this artsy movie? Fuck you. Here's a, here's a giant wall of death taking, taking heads off. It's like, oh, we're getting near the end of the movie and we should ramp up the betrayal quote unquote arc and maybe build up to uh, Caligula's death. Fuck you. Here's a five minute orgy scene. Which you could say, in theory, if I was to describe, here's the thing, if I described the plot to you, if I read the plot off to you, you'd think it sounds like a good story, a good yeah. movie. But then you watch the movie, it's like, ah, there's that fucking just bullshit, there's this bullshit that just fucking ruins it. And I get it, it's a cult classic, and literally you put it best. They're great actors, awesome actors, the acting's not bad, the set design's not bad, and then sometimes you could say the sex, and like some of the like, if like the sex was just fucking if you took away some of the dumb boring unnecessary sex stuff like i'm fine if you're showing your hellscape of fucking sex slaves and shit just to yeah. make the story i get it that it's like it's shocking and gross but you're trying to establish this is a fucked world yeah but there's a thing about this movie 
There's the idea, oh yeah, we're gonna try to make a porno, but with like, you know, actual name actors, but they're not gonna actually fucking do any of the like actual, we're not gonna actually show them having unsimulated sex. Yeah. We're just gonna find random schmoes and penthouse girls having sh- having sex. And it was just like, it's just like, a lot of that stuff is like, this is kind of fucking dumb. And the thing is, you mentioned it earlier, sex can be used to enhance your plot. Different types of filmmakers uh, in, in, in di- different directors, writers in different countries can use sex differently in ways. If you wanted to, if you wanted to change the way sex could be used in this movie, honestly, you actually could get away with keeping the orgy scene in the first half of the movie that uh, Grandpa Caesar does. Yeah, but you just could show like a fucking just a glimpse of it, a little bit of talking, yeah, yeah. but then just get back to fucking. Because again, I think the idea was is Caligula a douchebag? Sure, but I think the idea was supposed to be that the the way that um, Grandpa Caesar snaps his finger and commands that shit to happen was it was corrupting him, and then you could tell the story by if you were to if you you were to have Malcolm McDowell have simulated sex uh, with Drusella, which yeah, I know gross. It's his sister, but taking that out of mind, you could, you could tell the story through their thing of being like, Oh, you know, they're having this sweet little love makey thing, but then slowly weave the yarn of him getting more deranged, more depraved in his sexuality, like how he uses sexuality to seduce my uh, macro. Into killing uh, Grandpa Caesar for him, which is which again they downplayed the homosexualness in the movie. That was Bob Guccione doing that because this is the guy who runs fucking penthouse. He's not gonna want any gay in his movie, of course not. Because fuck you, fuck you. Uh, what's the guy's name? Gore Vidal. Fuck your artistic intent and integrity. Wait, no, Gore Vidal was the one I wanted to try to like fucking make the movie like actually good. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Bob was saying that to him. Yeah, because Bob wanted, you know, to uh, wanted to to have the the characters in homosexual themes. But Bob said to him, "Fuck you. I'm not going to have gay in my movie. Fuck you." And it's like and and then and then when you get to the point in the fisting scene where yeah, fucking awful, but you could you could you could naturally show it going to that progression, him getting depraved. And the idea is he's not even just doing it for pleasure or sexual gratification. He's doing it because he fucking can, because he thinks he's a god. Yeah. And then you can tell that story. You don't need to show two women getting it on while he gets it on with Helen Mirren and some other gal. You don't need a five minute Which, orgy like, at the end. Yeah. It's just I'm I'm not trying to come off like I know better, could have done better. I don't even work it. I'm a no, music no, guy. I don't even work in film at all. But this is basic shit. And but the problem is you have a you you have your movie funded by a guy that didn't give a shit. <laughs> you got a director that wanted to that had tone clashes with the writer, which that would have been problem enough. So they were butting heads with each other, but then they're all butting heads with Bob. But Bob's got the money. And that's why there's like, what, five cuts of this movie with a new one being worked on right now? They say there's a new one. They say there's a new one. I almost want to see the other cuts of this movie because I am convinced there's a good movie in here. But I didn't see that movie. (laughs) Yeah, if I was to rewatch this movie, I'm not watching the 156 minutes uncut fucking one. It's kind of dumb. I'd rather watch one that's edited down to a normal movie. Yeah. Like, apparently, uh, most of, if not all the other edits, they cut out, like, all the gr- a lot of the gratuitous stuff, especially, the again, the, the orgy scene we keep harping on about. Dude, these fucking orgy scenes were just so dumb. Yeah. 
again, you can kind of keep a few of them if you service the plot and just don't just do a bunch of gratuitous bullshit. And I know some people will be like, bro, it's an orgy. It's going to be gratuitous. This is about filmmaking. This is about telling and a like story. And like, oh, it's going to be orgy. It's going to be gratuitous. The yeah, existence sure. of sex in your story does not make it gratuitous. Yeah. It's how it's written and portrayed. Like, here's the thing. You can show that shit and it can be quickly gratuitous to show shock and like establish how the vibe of the film of your characters are. But when it's just minutes, minutes on end where it's just like, yeah, this is like supposed to be a main purpose of the movies right here was to show some sex yeah. on rampant orgy sex. And it's like, this is just making the film boring and it's just pissing me off. And you know what it is? It numbs you. Get me, get me back to fucking people I will care about. And you know what it does to it? Numbs you because you get to scenes like the fisting scene, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like the dick cutting off scene where these are supposed to be moments of shock where you're like, Oh God. What's happened to him? Look at him. You're supposed to be kind of like, oh man, look how far he's fallen. Or you but just there's be so like much me. sensationalist shit getting thrown at me over the course of this movie. I'm numb to it. So the intended effect is non-existent. So when I'm seeing him do this stuff, yeah, I'm shocked. I'm like, oh God. But I'm not feeling the other intended effects. I'm not feeling immersed in a movie. I'm feeling like I'm watching something that's throwing stuff at my subconscious to see what sticks. And that's not a movie. That's a series of segments in a two-hour watch time. That's not a movie. That's like a variety show. But it's like a variety show that's fucked up and is supposed to be a movie and has a plot. I keep really going on about the artistic reasons about this movie and that's what pisses me off, but it's true because I, it's like, it's like I've said for like the eighth time now, I really see what, 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 uh, what the writer wanted, but it got fucked and it pisses me off because I had to watch a shitty movie, but it also pisses me off just because like just, shit like that pisses me off in general, you know, but yeah, there is a good movie in here. I just didn't see that. If this was hot or not, this would not get a hot. <laughs> All right. Because we are now hitting two hours and 43 minutes. This is a better way to spend two hours than if than watching Caligula. Yeah. Let's listen to us. Yeah, just listen to us talk about this fucking goddamn shitty movie. I best way was trying to describe it to... S- describe it to my friend where I'm like hey if you're gonna watch this movie don't watch the fucking two like this two hour and a half edit it's just kind of dumb but they're like curious is like because I'm describing it's like yeah what's a movie where it tries to be a movie but there's someone also trying to make a pornography out of it but literally it fails trying to make a pornography out of it because it's trying to be an actual movie with actual characters Mm -hmm. and none of them are related honestly to the pornography bits and it's like you want to say that's a draw? Fuck it. Go watch it. But I'm going to tell you right now, it kind of fucking sucks and at times kind of makes the movie boring. But if it's like a weird cult classic watch where if you want to feel like a badge of honor that you made it through and watched this movie, sure. Yeah. But still, fuck this movie. Yeah. You know what's actually funny? Huh. When I was trying to like look up, I was trying to look up like, you know, just what it, just finding all the random cuts and I went on Amazon and see what you can buy and you can find like yeah you can buy like a version of like this like you know the whole full uncut movie was it the imperial edition they call it or I don't something? know yeah some like shit they literally do, you know how they always sit like down at the bottom where it's like hey when people buy this so, sometimes they also like people also like to buy this oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was like Caligula and then Nymphomaniac volume 1 and 2 which I also hate that <laughs> fucking movie too that movie oh man I'm going to say this. I almost wish we didn't watch that movie before we did this podcast. 
because I'd love to rant about that movie, but I also don't want to watch those movies ever again. I don't want to watch about those movies ever again, unless it has to be a super special. If we make like, I don't know, episode 500, sure. <laughs> I'll fucking, I'll hunker down that like five, five years from now. Yeah, I'll hunker down the five hour, the five hours to go through that bullshit. But that needs to be an actual like mon monumental goal for oh, me to go through yeah. that fucking egregious torture again. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I felt like Caligula isn't as torturous as that movie. That movie was just trying to fucking piss me off. Like, this movie pisses me off. Yeah. But, well, yeah, it was trying to piss me off, but that's because there's a shithead yeah. fucking trying to make a movie with good fucking actors. Yeah. And even fucking high on the Kai Peter O'Toole was fucking a gem. Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, seriously. But thank God we're done. But yeah. what the fuck do you want to want to watch next week? Next episode. I, I no can't point. say next week because we're a little off. Yeah. It's not like we could just turn around and like, hey, you want to turn around two days and watch something and listen to something? I'm kind of might be busy, but maybe next episode we might be back in the groove again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what to watch. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, the only thing I could. Obviously, I picked this and I'm not trusting myself. I was, I was actually going to kind of see if, like, you wanted to, like, try to catch the new Batman movie. I know we wouldn't be able to take notes, but, you know, we could at least, like, review it and, and talk about it on the show. That was an idea. Actually, Speaking of movies, we actually still need to do something, Jack. like, actually new. Yeah, I know, something new and trendy. <laughs> but we like Batman, so. Yeah, I know, I like Batman. It'd be kind of interesting. Um, see, we can't take notes, but we can always just go off the wiki and read down the plot and then yeah, just yeah. go back off the movie and just talk about, like, what we thought was kind of sick. Since that's a three-hour epic and not this piece of shit fucking sex bullshit. Yeah, yeah. That's an idea. If now, you let me ask a question. Do you uh, feel like this movie was a fucking porno? Caligula. See, I keep wanting to say no, but I feel like I'm wrong if I say well, no. Well, technically, when I was... I think it's a movie with pornographic elements. When I was trying to fucking, you know, look up this movie, had a fucking podcast tell me, in the technical terms of pornography, if they show actual penetration and intercourse and some wet and wetness, it technically counts as a porn. Which they did all that. But I feel like part of this movie was, I don't, it's like, I felt like it wanted to be more of a movie, but it was just, some fucker was just like, gotta make a porno, bro. You know, I'll say this, and I, I feel like this is a good comparison. I feel like this is a porno in the same way that you could argue Nymphomaniac's a porno. Because that movie had full on like CGI stunt cock. Yeah, but there was penetration and there was like wetness and ejaculation, which that movie pissed me off too. Yeah, so I think if I think those movies, I think Caligula is a porno in the same way. Now, do you want to watch the Batman movies. together, or we just watch the Batman and then just meet up and go? Well, I kind of need to like I want to see it with my pops. So if we can, I want to see if we can all like check out the, the movie on the same day. You mean with me something. hanging with your pops too? Yeah, yeah. And then we'll just go do the podcast. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right, let's watch a fucking new movie, a fucking good movie, since yeah. this movie's all fucking hype as hell. <laughs> yeah. And like three hours, and I hear it's fucking a bomb as shit. I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. Let's go watch fucking Batman, bro. Yeah, dude, let's I'm do down. it. I'm down. Woo! <coughs> fuck this movie. I'm yeah. Go, we're go I'm going home. All right. Everyone, this was the uh, Triple D... Fuck, I always just want to say, the old, I'm so used to the old term. This was the Triple D Radio Show with your hosts, James and Edward. I hope you have a good one. Love you all. Adios.
don't watch Caligula unless <laughs> you just want to fucking brass up and just like claims that you can flex that I watched this movie and it fucking sucks. But fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs>